Welcome to Post-Apocalyptic Pod. This is Robert. This is John. All right, we're getting right into it. We're skipping this week in post, or that'll come maybe a little later, maybe. but uh, conversation started uh, with Avatar, so we are going, uh, the pre-pod started going with hard. an Avatar talk, so we decided we had to turn the mics on. Absolutely. All right. Avatar, for anyone that doesn't know, is the highest grossing film of all time with, I believe, $2.7 billion. Wow. Um, we are promised sequels, uh, two through five, starting uh, December 2018. Oh, wow. It's right around the corner, actually. Right but think about this. I, I was talking about this. It was you have Avatar, biggest movie of all time. By the time we get the second one, we'll have already gone through a whole Marvel cycle. Like, right. I, th- I want to say Iron Man started roughly about 10 years, uh, maybe 2007. Something like that. So I we've think. had all of, the, uh, of those movies. We've even gotten a new Star Wars. We're going to have two more Star We're going to have three Star Wars films before this one comes out because we have Rogue One December. Right. Episode 8 next December when this one is supposedly going to be coming out. Um, countless, I mean, r- random Fox Marvel movies like Deadpool and stuff like that. We have gone through Harry Potter's. We're going back to Harry back Potter. Back to Harry Potter. Revisit. Uh, um, we do have a, we have a DC universe now, which will have had a Superman, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and maybe even Justice League. I think Justice League Part One, and then um, a solo film by the time this movie comes out. And he just, there was an article the other day where they, he alluded they might have to push. <laughs> He's been writing this film. Wow. Basically, I think since 2011. Uh, he, you know, let it came out and was like, well, I don't know if I want to do sequels. Makes sense. It's like, but you know, he wrote that making sequels in right. his head. Uh, a friend of mine um, had worked in the James Cameron compound. He was doing a documentary. So he just said that James was writing the whole time. And this was three years ago. He was going back and forth from Santa Barbara and he had writing teams, which was smart. He has a team of writers on each one of the movies. So two, three, four, and then he added five because the story is way too immense uh, for us common people. (laughs) Uh, So he's been writing and going through and refining it. And the last update I heard, the guy that played the colonel, which no one's going to... I'm going to be terrible with any names that comes with this movie. I know the face. So he said, I guess his part's pretty big in one of the movies. And he's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I've read 75% of the scripts. But I don't know if he meant all the scripts or a script. And did he bail out 75% into the first script? Right. Yeah, I read most of it. It's it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, as John was saying, it was, why is this film not in our lexicon? Why is it not... Star Wars. I have no answer for that. Like, there is no... Like, I can't buy sheets. I can't buy a lunchbox. I can't buy anything from a movie that's sci-fi. Like, I'd get it if it was Titanic. Once again, another James Cameron. But he does... That's not a movie that lends itself to toys. You know, I'm not going to buy a Jack and Rose. It it is not. You're right. It's not. I mean, the thing about Star Wars for me, I I completely understand why uh, the merchandising is so big and so diverse uh for that movie i mean you have anywhere from you know uh boba fett to jabba the hutt to han solo to luke you know of course you can't really identify with jabba or really boba fett but like han solo 
Right. I mean, he's the people we can, like, identify with, like, sort of that Luke that sort of every man that, you know, saves the universe. Right. It's just that sort of, that's something we can, can hold on to. And that is sort of a gateway into the uh, the larger fantastic fantastical world of Star Wars. And, you know, there's a charm to it. You know, there's a charm to those characters, to all those characters. Um, with with Avatar, I just feel like, yeah, you know, there's people who are human and you can kind of identify with. But I just didn't feel like... I wasn't a big fan of Avatar, but I I mean, I, I, I respected the, the technical acumen of uh, James Cameron, what he did. And I, you know, really researched it and went behind the scenes and found out how he actually made the movie and what he does is every time he makes a movie he creates camera systems that subsequently are going to be used throughout Hollywood so you know he's an inventor as well um, and that's part of the reason why I think a lot of these uh, movies you know are spend so much time in, in, in R&D but uh, as far as the imprint on uh, popular culture for Avatar I don't know why, but I never initially felt that it was going to have an imprint. Definitely not Star Wars. There's nothing that will come after or has obviously come before Star Wars that has such an imprint on popular culture. Um, but, you know, it, Avatar is just, I don't know. I mean, it made, two, like you said, $2.7 billion. Obviously, a lot of people were watching it. A lot of people liked it. But it sort of was like a one-off which doesn't seem even possible with that kind of box office take. You know, people had to go see it many, many times. People saw it over and over. Yeah. And, I mean, I know a few people that like it. I mean, it's, and once again, it's this is not going to be a two-hour shit on, you know, Avatar right. session. It's more of that fascination of why does this movie not resonate? And like you were saying, it's like I read an article that James Cameron, he likes to solve problems technically. So in the script, if it has something fantastic, he has someone build machines as opposed to just trying to creatively do it. He wants to build a machine that can solve the technical problem of it's like, oh, I want to do this. Great. I built a plane that can film this one shot. And it's like, that's awesome. But it's still the movie. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, look good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, there are many, you know, sometimes different things and camera systems that we use today in Hollywood that were uh, built by him like in the abyss you know um, the sort of underwater camera he had in uh, uh, Titanic you know the, those were built by uh, Cameron you know and his team so you know and these things don't just uh, benefit Hollywood but they benefit you know uh, divers and, and he's moving technology for and i respect that but it i feel like that's all he wants to do and i feel like he's pigeonholed into making sequels to avatar regardless if i think he really wants to because why I, I feel like we should have one by now I, I mean we definitely could have one by now i i think that maybe with him it's sort of like well he's always said well i couldn't have made he's been in development with avatar for a long time so mm -hmm. i couldn't have made it back when I was writing it. I had to wait for the technology to catch up to where we could actually make it. 
and finally it's here so he's writing this the sequels and in those you know he's gonna ramp it up and he's like well the technology doesn't exist to uh to make those yet so um, what could it be now like i feel like we're so advanced now i mean we probably said that before avatar but what could possibly be he doing differently i think one of the one of the five he's doing he wants to do underwater for oh really I, i don't know why like one of them two or three is underwater avatar don't know really why. i don't know see well <laughs> i mean just post on that just just getting all of that done i mean like he created a camera system for avatar where he can literally go back and choose ang- camera angles after the fact so if you wanted to choose you know uh, a close-up here or wanted to go wider here wanted to go at a different angle like he shot it in a way where you know there's cameras all around the room and they all take a picture, uh, moving pictures of the uh, of the scene, and so he has it from all angles and he can go back and just basically direct again if he wants. But doesn't that take away some creativity? Like if it's basically it's like all right, I just set up all cameras. Yeah. I just rolled all day. Yeah, I rolled every angle possible. I'll get what I want. It's like. It, it's not lazy. It's just sort of I have everything, and it, it's good because it's probably hard to go back to reshoots. It's money, right? But what are you getting out of that? It's like I just shot you know four terabytes worth of information, so I can do whatever I feel like I want to do. And I think that well, I mean, you know, this it's not lazy. I mean, it's I'm not trying to like pin him as late, but you're basically building yourself a failsafe. It's like oh, I should have gotten a close up. I got it. <laughs> I mean, it just feel like you have everything. I should have got the wide. Oh, that shoots wides too. Like you're just basically running a camera and telling people where to go. You're like, I'll choose that later. Well, I think you make an interesting point. It's like when you know we went from the traditional film cutting, you know, on a flatbed, mm-hmm. um, and then you know computers were introduced, and and we had you know uh, nonlinear systems, and uh, Avid came along. And which is the standard today. Um, there were a lot of old guys, old heads who didn't want to, you know, transition into the digital world, into the computer world. They just were, you know, brought up on actually holding the film. And I know Spielberg still likes to hold the film. Um, Do they make him a print then? Because I think he shot digital last time on one of the last ones. He's done digital once. Well, on the digital ones, I don't know, but I they know just that make him a film print here. You can that, hold this one <laughs> exactly. He's like something romantic about the the thirty five. There's something romantic about having the money to shoot thirty five. People just don't want to. Spielberg, he can shoot on uh, you know linen if he wants, but right. like I just think that like when I was in film school, you know at USC, we sort of were the pioneers of the whole Avid thing. You know, people kicked and screamed to get. You know, we were on flatbed, and I think we had one. Uh, one or two avids and there was an avid class but the um the films that we made uh uh at usc you know that we collaborated on people wanted to edit non-linearly we wanted to edit on uh, avid and so finally we got avid to donate like <laughs> you know 75 avids which no film school in the world you know had that at the time um and uh, a professor uh, said that there's really no 
want to do a comparison between the time it takes to edit a movie on a flatbed versus an Avid, there's really no um, change there. It's not really faster to edit on the Avid because in the Avid, you have so many choices. In the in the when you edit on a flatbed, when you have this physical film, you have to splice and cut and all that. You have to really make sure that what you cut is really what you want, because in order to like change something, it takes a minute. So well, and especially in film school, like the last thing you want to do is, I mean, I'm guessing you shot 16. Yeah, I shot 16 in Super 8. Yeah. I mean, at that point, it's like you can't just go and it's like, oh, I'll make uh, four prints of this because if I make a mistake. I'll just cut for my other print. I mean, it right. is a film. You don't have like, the, you don't have the, mo- so don't have the money. So it's like, yeah. I mean, it it's definitely makes you think. Like yes, you watch exactly. your footage a bunch and write notes going, I definitely want this cut. Whereas you can just try it. Avid, Adobe Premiere, Final right. Cut. Oh, that didn't work. Yeah, exactly. undo. Exactly. You know, and then film is like, oh, I've already cut it. Yeah. All right, how do I fix it? <laughs> exactly. Now you got to go back and splice and then you see the splices and... You're a little more surgical with the uh, with the cut in uh, you know with real film. In Avid, you can just like cut all day, and so at the end of the day, because you have so many choices in Avid, you try so many things, which takes time. But on the other hand, when you're just cutting film, like you have to make the right or the decisions that you want and and kind of live with it, you know. Otherwise, it just takes you so long to to get another cut um and so when we talk about cameron and his infinite choices of angles and just cause you to second guess you know every shot because you're like well i want the close oh maybe i'll do like a uh like a medium wide here or maybe well no and then you sleep on it and then you want to go back and you want to do something else after a while you figure wow i could just make basically 30 films of all different types of angles. Correct. You know, and I could spend time doing that and spend time figuring out which one's the best. And that, that can go on for years. You know, um, it's something to be said about like just having a, a this is the, this is the shot we got. This we only shot this close up, put it in, make it work, release it, move on. Because you're right. We should have had one more. What did you say? 2009? 2009. We should have had one more. Especially like when a movie makes 2.7 over time. And it wasn't like how some movies now where they it's two weekends and that's your gross. Right. And it's like, all right, great. We're moving on. We made all our money. That was a slow burn. That was like, you know, probably five months at the theater of just churning. And granted, a lot of it was overseas. China loved the Avatar. Yeah. You don't have to make a sequel. It's just common knowledge. You kind of have to make a sequel, especially with a movie like Avatar. So by 2009, I feel like even now we should have had... I think the first original slate was 2014, was the original. Oh. Like, wow. He's like, no, I'll have one out. And then it's like, I need to write and research. And I know he wrote a letter. I don't know if it was to the studio. I read it. It was basically just saying, I holding up production because yeah i have to go back and really write and research and give this technology the technology has to be where it needs to be for us to make this film and it's not there right now so it's got to be honest that you know we can't go ahead as scheduled right now you know i mean that's that's his right i mean he's earned that as as uh as a filmmaker and as you know i guess the uh, most successful filmmaker 
you know you, you figure you gotta you gotta have something out there you gotta have some product out there i mean you know he he's definitely not a guy who needs to put anything out and definitely doesn't feel that pressure because before avatar what was his uh, i think he shot a documentary but before that uh titanic because it was, was like 10 years or something titanic. titanic was like 96 or something like true lies into whatever titanic because he did take 10 years basically i mean it take 10 years he just decided to take a break i mean at that point it's like uh, i'll live with that here we go filmography what do we got titanic 97 and then ghosts of the abyss which was a documentary right. in 2003 and then 2009 avatar i don't want to equate him to kubrick but kubrick is one of those who he shoots for like a couple years and you know he goes sometimes like three months on six months off you know uh and he has great control over what he's doing and he'll shoot he'll take like you know 100 takes um on every shot and uh until he gets it you know but he's very precise about what he wants and in that regard you know as film students you realize that you know it's all about how much money you have to shoot something and how much time you have to shoot something. Kubrick was playing unfairly by just, oh, I have as much time as I want, as much money as I want, and I'll just shoot as many, you know, takes as I want. And then you go, well, of course, if I could do all that, then I'd have, you know, a great film too. But if you look at his movies, you could definitely see that there's great art there. And uh, Well, and that's funny too, because it's not, I mean, he was successful for the movies he made, not so much the box office, the movies they made. Right. It's like the studio knew they were going to get a Kubrick film, but they knew they weren't going to break any sort of bank. Right. You know, it's like, great, we got a Kubrick film. Or he's just still has a contract and it's like, oh, give Kubrick money. We'll just take it away from these other people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. No one's expecting Kubrick to make a sequel. Like it's none of those, none of those films are like, hey, where's our next Shining? Where's our next Full Metal Jacket? That's not the type of films. The only reason we talk about Avatar is that he himself, James, has uh, JC, Uh, uh, the the new JC, has been promising these sequels. And once again, I'm not even looking forward to it. It's just, I think it's more of the fascinating, the story of this movie that makes money, no cultural impact, promise sequels, but who cares? No, I mean, not who cares. I mean, who's caring? Like, who's waiting? Like, who got bummed when they hear, pushed again? Right. Oh. But but does it, does 2018, if that's going to be the date, and it may not be, I think 2017 was the last time I heard it was coming out, but 2018. So 2018 comes around. Is is Avatar making another $2.7 billion, you think? I, I don't. I think it was an anomaly. Because okay. at that point, because if it comes out December, like they say, it are, that's Star Wars Episode Eight. I don't was going to say that yet. And if it wasn't Star Wars, it's a Marvel film. Like, we have so many more tentpole films. Right. Will it still make money? Yes. It, it could be strong out of the gate because you have that $2.7 worth of people that saw it. Like, that gave money for that movie. Or, well, I'm really curious about this movie. But I don't know how many people have rewatched it. Like, name one character from Avatar. This movie was, made $2.7 billion. I was trying to, but I can't. I was <laughs> like in the back here, he's like, I know this question's coming. I'm going to have it in my back pocket. Yeah. Navi. I didn't know that was the... The race. The sort of race but, of people. That was the blue people. My wife, for love of God, can never remember. She just calls the movie Pandora. She's like, <laughs> when's that next Pandora movie coming out? And I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. And it's like, oh, the planet? 
in Avatar, she goes, right, Avatar. <laughs> like she, for the, and it's not because we poop on the movie or anything. It's just sort of, she. it doesn't make any, we've never gone back to rewatch it. We saw it the way it was supposed to be. We saw it in 3D at the theater. We saw it exactly how he probably wanted us to see it. And we walked out going, yeah, there you go. That was a movie. 3D was great. Best 3D movie I've ever seen, even to date. But that's it. Can't yeah. name one character. I know the actors in it. Like a character name. Character yeah, name. I don't know. I don't know either. Should be ashamed. It's definitely not going to have... I'm not saying even the same imprint as Star Wars because this, it's just too far gone. There's nothing it can ever come to have uh, such a significant imprint on popular culture. I mean, but, probably the closest I would say uh, Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Is because, you know, you had the books that people blew up on. All the movies are super solid. And I think there's always going to be Harry Potter merchandise. I mean, there's Harry Potter land. Right. But I think there's it's a little different than the Star Wars phenomenon. But that's probably the closest. Like, there, I believe there's always going to be some sort of Harry Potter merch. Right. There's that. And there's also, I don't know if there's, like, a bunch of merch. But just what gets people going is, like, Back to the Future. It's right. It's like... It's of that same sort of time where you go, this is has such a, such a, excuse this word again, imprint on popular culture that instantly you know what it is. Instantly you hear the music, Marty McFly, Doc Brown. I am, no, I'm characters. I know characters. Right. Um, you know, Biff, all the, all these sort of characters just leap out at you, you know, um, Skywalker, Vader, um, Obi-Wan, Yoda. All these characters sort of leap out at you. <clears throat> Avatar, like like you said, I cannot... Like, I know the actors, right. but I don't know the character names. And that's what kind of, I think, not ruined. The, there are some good moments in the uh, prequel trilogies to Star Wars. But he started naming everyone really complex names. Yeah. And I don't remember anyone. Other than, obviously, Obi-Wan's in it. You yeah. know, so it's like, great. But then it's like... Kwai Jin, I think. Like Mace Windu. And it's like, like okay. nothing rolled off the tongue. And that's, I mean, the good thing, J.J. Abrams. It's like, Ray, Finn. Yeah. Uh, was it Poe? <laughs> yeah. Great. You gave me these simple names. Yeah. Like, I walked out of the theater knowing their names. I was like, wow, that's how you do it. It's, you say it just enough times in the film, you keep them really simple. And like, I know those characters' names. Right. You know, Kylo Ren. Great. I know these names. I mean, granted, then you start getting into the deeper characters, the general that always hung out with Kylo Ren. I'm like, yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> for, like, fam- I know. Phasmagora or whatever. Oh, well, the, yeah, that was the uh, Silver Storm Trooper. Yeah. Uh, oh, I was just, it's Dom Hell Gleason is actually the guy that plays the character that's, you know, his friend or whatever, yeah. Kylo Ren's friend. But it's like, I can remember his complex name. I can't think of his uh, yeah. character name. And it, uh, <laughs> Once again, he'll be in the next one. We'll we'll think of it then. But Captain it's like you, Phasma, that's what yeah. So you know the simple simple names. And granted, I, I since I had the internet up and the lead uh, Sam Worthington played Jake Sully. Oh, oh, right. And no. then we have a movie coming out called Sully. Yeah, did not trigger. It's not like when you saw Sully. Oh, is this Avatar? Sully, no, that's Sully. Yeah, yeah. That's that's uh, Avatar two. Is a lands a plane. You know, in uh, yeah. Pandora. Oh, I would see that film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I I don't know. I still don't know why. I mean, is it because the movie was just? But everyone saw it so many times. It's not even that Avatar was bad. This it's was just a, some, this was a phenomenal. This this movie. I mean, it just made so much money. And you're right. It's a slow burn. And Cameron has the knack 
was more uh, common years ago with mm-hmm. the slow burn. Right. Um, now it's just like you're opening weekend and that's basically it. Right. Um, but his Titanic was a slow burn. Right. I mean, it was like what twelve million consistently every single week for like thirty weeks. <sighs> what, I, what was there was teenage girls were doing like crying parties. Ugh. So they were they would watch the movie and just cry together. And it's like, oh, okay, this is. I'm sure Cameron never really set out to do that. Right. But um, it was a phenomenon. It just caught on to uh, a part of the public that you know. I don't know that of course he wanted to reach of course he wants it to be you know the audience to be as big as possible but everybody was was talking about and 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 loving you know Titanic and um it sort of there was sort of this resurgence of you know uh talk about the actual Titanic and um sort of this unearthing you know the the ship and uh just really the sort of postmodern um, aspects of that film where we just sort of latched on to things that, about the film and about what it was, the world that it was, was you know, that it took place in rather than the actual film and sort of, you know, there's no merchandising, I don't think, on that film. Yeah. But it was just... And there's like, posters and stuff, everywhere. but I mean... Yeah, it just sort of permeated popular culture at that point more so than avatar did you know which made a lot more money you know twice as much next year they're releasing a 3d version of titanic oh really yeah a like limited 3d i I know he loves 3d he is the champion of 3d but i don't it's like that movie's already had a re-release it's like are people gonna jones to hey sweet titanic in 3d I thought I guess that re-release though wasn't in 3D. I don't know why I thought it. No, was. he uh, yeah he decided he wanted to do like a post convert. Yeah, post convert to 3D for that movie. Hmm. Sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're, you're, but you're you're right. It's gonna take more time out of his. Avatar. Look, I gotta get this done. Well, he just yeah. uh, Cirque Olay Cirque Soleil is doing an Avatar show that he is okay. sort of producing that makes sense, once actually. again. Anything that's like, well, I got to go make sure they get my characters right. Anything to take away from releasing this film. I mean, once they probably don't even, they could have just, hey, we're going to make this great. But he feels like he probably has to be a part of it because, you know, you don't want to destroy the world. Oh, he's definitely not going to put his name on it if he's not, you know, has doesn't have control over it and make sure it's, you know, the experience is what he wants it to be. And I wonder if that's sort of a, a mini testing ground. Let's let's see how well this does. First of all, I don't know anyone that do, goes to those type of shows. I mean, I'm sure that I know they do really well. They have a different show every year. Yeah, but maybe it's a, a tester. Well, let's uh, let's get the Avatar name out again. Like, let's just uh, see what people do. See if they're right. they're so excited they have to go see the Cirque show. I think Cirque du Soleil is a. Uh, I've never seen one. I I know a few people who have, and of course they're amazed by. Uh, amazed by it but it's just like that seems to be the perfect kind of thing for a Cirque du Soleil show it definitely does I mean blue I, people I get it slow dance yeah. climbing up stuff you know just sort of uh, acrobatic you know geniuses out there it's it's crazy with the stuff that they do um, and I think as a as a Cirque du Soleil show it would be 
absolutely spectacular. Will it then generate this excitement for the second Avatar? Maybe for the audience who watches the show, but I don't know if I'm suddenly going to be like, oh, okay, Avatar 2, when is that coming out? Because you're right. Now, you know, directors complain that if you're not making a tentpole movie, Hollywood wants nothing to do with you. Correct. That's all they're making. So when this thing is going to be released, there's going to be tons of, like, tent poles, and he's releasing it around award season. You know, there's going to be other movies that, that are, you know, uh, vying for the attention of the public. My thing is, like, this Avatar 2, I think it's going to do well, but what about Avatar 3, 4, and 5? I mean, is that... Because there's going to be one every year. It's like I'm excited about a Star Wars every year because you're expanding that world. And yes, yeah. maybe Pandora will be expanded. But I just I can't imagine. Once again, we can be completely wrong. We'll come back going, yeah, we were wrong. Right. But I can't imagine a two point. Even if it didn't make exactly, it's like oh, it made two point four. I can't imagine each film making two billion dollars. Right. The Force Awakens, which just almost made it. Yeah. I think it was like one point nine. It almost right reached, and that was a movie everyone wanted right. to see. And we were hoping the only thing it beat was the titanic record yeah domestically will two three four and five do 2.7 billion and you and i were like no way no way but you think about fast the fast and the furious i mean that that continues to do so much business i think that went through a reinvent though because you had the first one which was a surprise hit that was a surprise i think everyone expected avatar to do okay it was james cameron's big tentpole film sci-fi this was an indie car film that came out that did well right i saw two i've seen i think all of them in the theater except tokyo drift which i saw in a hotel um that shows you how good tokyo drift is so so you had the first one good second one i think did a little better everyone was hyped on it you didn't have Mm -hmm. vin or anything but still solid yeah tokyo drift no one wanted to come back which happens with actors so they're like well we'll continue the story yeah in tokyo and no one cared i it made money but Mm -hmm. it didn't make previous money then they reinvented on four and they came back everyone came back that was the big gimmick uh what was it uh new model original parts is it something like that uh oh yeah yeah. it was original model new parts i don't know it was it was very it was well done and then they just went back to fast furious fast and furious i think it was fast Fast and the Furious, and then it was just like Fast. Well, yeah, it was like Furious Seven, something like. Yeah, it was the Fast and the Furious. Then it was Too Fast, Too Furious. Fast Furious, Tokyo Drift. Then I think it was just Fast Furious, Fast Five. Mm Hmm. What was was it? Furious Six or no? It was Furious Seven, Fast Six. They they just get lazy. Fast Five, Fast fast Five, Fast Fast Six, and those I think largely just reinvented themselves so they were on the downside i mean who knows cameron can always reinvent i mean you have a camera that can shoot everything so you can reinvent the story and fast i think was just an action phenomenon that we had been wanting for a long time this group of people you want to follow um because like if you watch seven is no more it is not the first one the first one was a cop movie a cop buddy film right with fast cars and it was shot to glamorize cars. That was it. It was like, look at us. We made a race, you know, movie. But then it had heart, which was the selling point. And you had this big dopey guy no one thought was a real star. 
they thought and i worked with the uh, uh the writer of the the creator of the fast and furious movies and uh you know yeah he's very humble um but today i'm just like wow he must look at this stuff and go i created this thing that's you know several years later is still not only still like a a phenomenon but it's 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 gotten bigger and bigger and bigger and i think that there must have been some sort of leak between uh, our g chats because before all this happened we would always say what if the rock were in it what right. if jason state were in it and all of a sudden they're cast right you know, I don't think that was a coincidence. I think that was. I'm us. pretty sure they were listening in because we work at studios, and studios just monitor everything. Absolutely. And they tested the water and went, "Oh, that rock idea worked really well." You know. And then they, of course, greased up Statham, pumped yeah. him. In. <laughs> exactly. Just and put him in there. Yeah, it. I think those work for something. And granted, it's like, of course, we're getting eight, nine, and ten. I mean, it's yeah, it's. Of course. I mean, it's common knowledge, and that's what we're getting, and we're used to that universe but it's fun like they're still fun i think that's what it is even though it's we're what in the last one they drove a car across two buildings in dubai Mm -hmm. it's like sure of course they did totally bought every second of it where do you go from there but you know um they'll find a way and i've heard they've actually uh, a friend of a friend (laughs) not rumors or anything just friend of a friend works on it and they just said they were doing even more <laughs> stuff that's just not even believable. It's to the point where it's like cars can't do this. Even in the Cars cartoon movie, yeah. cars don't do any of this. But it's just that dumb, fun, lethal weapon type of like, I mean, you think even the lethal weapon's a good example. First movie super serious. For the most part, humor because yeah. Shane Black is funny. So there's you got jokes, but it's really dark. Totally. Guy wants to kill himself because he lost his wife cop wants to retire he has kids and the guy she's dating which is so weird it's like he's like a 16 year old daughter dating you know gary Busey, who's clearly 35 <laughs> in the film and and he's gary Busey, and he's gary Busey, and then you have two which then opens up it's a little it's still kind of that but it's a little more fun then you get to three you had joe pesci all of a sudden the, right. it's kind of off the rails at that point four you had chris rock and i can't even imagine five i'm sure it's kevin hart how is it not kevin gotta hart? be it's right? uh Kevin Hart plays probably what Murtaugh's cousin or Something grandkid. Like it's like, all right, I'm going to get into this. Uh, and then Danny Glover's six four, and yeah, Kevin Hart's you know what four eleven or whatever he is, and it's like there's comedy right there. Right. It's like in order to operate on this heart, you'll need a glove. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's basically... Why not? Yeah, you know? that's all you need. Copyright that, Rob. Yeah, I got it. Someone's, <laughs> someone's probably listening to this right now. It's like, oh my God, Kevin exactly. Hart and Lethal Weapon. And I think... and with, But I think uh, with Avatar, he's going to take it too seriously. Each film is going to be more messagey than the last one. And I don't mind a message. It's like, oh, okay, great. It's paint, a thinly veiled message about saving the environment. Yeah. But each one, it's like, am I going to have to watch all of them? Are they all individual stories? Is it... Are they going to be fun? Because actually, when you watch Avatar, it's not very fun. Or granted, I'm basing it on the one time I watched it in the theater. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think it's it's fun to to a certain extent. But then I, he gets to where the message that he wants to get to, and then it becomes about um, this drama between you know S- Sully 
those and, other people we and can't the other name. People. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I actually admired that. I admired him doing that. I don't know what would grab. It didn't really grab me. So I'm in the minority, obviously, because it's two point seven, made two point seven billion dollars. But I'm just wondering what people grabbed onto, and I know it was the technology. I know it was like going into this world and you know the blue not only the blue people but the world i mean it was like it was well done technically i don't know i don't know if like that same thing in 2018 is going to generate that that excitement it might i don't know yeah i mean yeah and that's the thing they'll have excitement i just think it comes down to will it make the money probably not on paper i don't know if it can with 18 i don't know i could probably look it up but it's like you're gonna have some sort of marvel hangover film because there's always a november marvel film then you're going into star wars episode eight whatever then there's going to be some award films that are going to hype up whatever 2018 is then you have well january is always the worst month for movies anyway so it could coast through january you have so many other things now that people appeal to so and it's not like in 2009 we're talking as if it's you know 1960 and there was no other film at the theater it's like oh there was one release this year and that was you know avatar avatar came out and there were other movies that were out that that year it just struck at the right time sort of like the first fast if fast came out later maybe it wouldn't have done so well maybe it would have just got buried worth the summer movies like oh there's that car movie no one cared about or they would have maybe made a sequel because even if it made it doubled you know, I think their budget was twenty, and they, of course, made I think one hundred and fifty. So, of yeah. course, there was going to be a sequel no matter what. Right. Um, I wish I understood the motivation of even sequels now. Of well, not sequels in general. I mean, I'm already over that. I've accepted that in my life in my yeah. lexicon. The fact I think he's building it up. It's like, can it even be good after ten years? Like, I mean, when you talk about it every year, oh, I'm working on it, but it's just too big and too great. I mean, that's him hyping himself up, which I understand. And then, you know, this pompous, I think it was earlier this year, he released the logo for the second one, which was an A with a two in it. And it's like, I don't know if that's a logo as much as like a doodle, but it was just trying to like hype people up. It's like, hey, everyone, two years, this movie's dropping. And I think everyone, awesome, great. I have Star Wars. (laughs) <laughs> like I think that maybe worked because we didn't have Star Wars right we didn't have That's true. other films so it was like great James Cameron's making space movies we like space movies and even then I think we're gonna have another Prometheus or what I don't know what they're called oh, we the are. next uh, oh, okay. I don't think it's Prometheus 2 it's another alien film Yeah, Prometheus 2 which Ridley Scott is which pushed the next alien film which they wanted to make so there's gonna be two worlds going on the Prometheus alien and then alien Four or is it five? It's Alien Five, I guess. Because Alien Five, I think. Yeah, because yeah. there was three Resurrection. Why is everything a Resurrection? It's Resurrection. <laughs> Friday the Thirteenth Resurrection. Just went in doubt. Just throw Resurrection in there, and we're got a whole new franchise. Yeah, or Extreme. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but I think that's what it is. It's like we're gonna already have so much other quality content that I think it could. I mean, will it make a billion? Probably, although I thought Batman Superman was going to make more money regardless if it was good or not. Right. And, but that movie was no good. So Yeah. I mean, it's the thing. The only thing is, like, Cameron, I, I like, if I were a betting man, no, not really, but if I were a betting man, like, I don't know if I could bet against him, though. Like, he always seems to hit. Like, a movie about the Titanic. A I thinly think, veiled movie about yeah, the Titanic. Right, right. <laughs> But, but I mean, you know, 
called Titanic. Yeah. It's about supposedly about the Titanic. And when it came out, I'm like, I really I did want to see it. You know, I was excited. Well, it's James Cameron coming off of True Lies. You're waiting for the next yeah. James Cameron movie. It's like, oh my god, True Lies was amazing. And granted, not seeing the Titanic. I mean, I've already saw the Titanic trailer before I went into it. It wasn't like I was thinking it was going to be an action film. Right. It wasn't like, oh my God, his take on Titanic yeah. is going to be amazing. <laughs> it was like, no, this is my romantic drama. Right. And he goes and he follows that up with Titanic. Then I'm I, now I'm really excited because it's like, here's James Cameron doing it. You know, he at that point, he could have done any type of action movie he wanted to do. He decided, no, I'm going to do Titanic. I'm going to bet the farm on this movie you know there's that that famous story of him uh about to get fired off of titanic you know the executive drives down to mexico to fire cameron and to close shop and you know he gets to the border or something and decides i can't do it and turns back around you know, uh, one point four billion dollars later. You know, right? He's, th- he's thinking whatever, you know, uh, conscious he had. Yeah, but even with James Cameron, there still has to be checks and balances. And so I imagine, like, you're three months over shooting, the budget is spiraling, right? And in the back of your head, if you're a studio executive, he's still just making a film about the Titanic. You know, and granted, they're seeing dailies and yeah. everything, and Leonardo was still kind of Leonardo. He wasn't Leonardo as of now. No. Neither was Kate Winslet, but someone I knew knew an extra. I had like a speaking part extra on Titanic. Oh, really? It was one of those things, hey, you got the part. I mean, it's like, yes, Captain. That was was probably the extent. (laughs) He gets out there. He was there a month because it was, he was supposed to shoot like the, he got there early, got to Mexico next day. Hey, you're shooting. And then, call sheet sorry you know we're delayed we're pushing some scenes we're going to try to get stuff they did that for a month and then finally he shot a scene so i mean they basically paid for his hotel stay the whole time but every day was oh all right my scene got pushed another day so i can imagine like the studio going we're literally paying for a guy who has one line i mean i'm sure it wasn't obviously that was the reason why this guy was going down there it's like this is one extra we're losing fortune on you have this movie it's people are getting sick and it's water and it's just this idea of this movie and yeah it was grateful that he didn't turn around because i'm sure he would have been fired had you know especially in retrospect it's like this movie made you know 1.4 billion dollars and no one saw that coming i don't know if it was that it hit the right time because it's just once again that's one of those movies i've seen twice saw it at the theater i think i revisited and went yeah it's okay it's that's one where you could probably still do another passive editing on you could trim probably another 30 minutes on that movie. Yeah. Cameron, I think he's edits or co-edits all of his movies. So <laughs> on that movie, he had on his Avid, I think he had a no, he had a razor taped to the uh, uh, screen, to the monitor, and, you know, a note that says, use if film sucks. Something like that. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, but he didn't use it, so he clearly <laughs> thinks that movie was great. So, uh, regardless I, if that's true or not, that's a great story. Yeah. Because, I mean, I can imagine after that much time, you get through a final edit, you went, oh, God, I have just spent $200 million on a boat movie that right. didn't work. And no one had ever spent anything close to $200 million uh, on a movie. I mean, that was just unheard of. Now it's like... That's standard. You know, that's a Marvel yeah, film. exactly. But you're going to make your billion instantly but I, it's it's so funny too because it's the studio was just like well we had true lies we had terminator 2 
we had aliens. So it's like they just let him roll, like with that thing. It's sort of uh, like the Wachowskis. Yeah. It's like you gave us the Matrix. We're going to keep giving you. Oh, granted, they raise all their money, though. So it's not like the studio is giving them $100 million to make Jupiter Ascending, which right. no one should give anyone $100 million <laughs> for Jupiter Ascending, um, which I saw. It's oddly enough, not in Hate Watch. Uh, okay. I, uh, <laughs> you actually. I, I, well, no, I didn't love, love it, watch, but, but I'd have to watch it again. I don't remember it. All I just remember it's Channing Tatum on rollerblades and being able to control bees. I don't know. There was a lot of. See, I, I didn't see that movie um, because of what maybe you told me about it and, and, you know, what the reviews were. But I do remember seeing the trailer and just kind of really being excited about it because it didn't it didn't lend itself to the things that you're saying, like the whole Channing Tatum, the weirdness of that. Like the way the trailer was cut, I was like, wow, this this seems like it might be something good. Like, I want to see this movie. The, the thing, it's like, it's so, I mean, it's easier to go after Cameron because he comes off kind of like a dick. And I don't know the Wachowskis. I never really see interviews with him other than during The Matrix. I think probably the DVD feature because everyone owned The Matrix DVD. Right. That movie should have made $2 billion. But they make interesting movies. Clad Outless, I'll stand by it. Mm-hmm. I watched it. It could be it's easily a hate watch so easy to watch that movie and just but they're doing something very original that movie makes zero sense but i was with it every step of the way i mean you had halle berry tom hanks playing the different characters in different times yeah so granted there was one where they were all asian which was kind of came off vaguely 1950s where you're like oh i don't know if you should be playing asian i don't know i feel uncomfortable i'm not asian but you had a thing 1976 2000 I think it was 2013. Then seven moons after the fall was a time period. I was like, okay, sure. I'm on board still. Everyone had a story. And it was really, really, yeah, because it was uh, the 1800s, 1976, the 2000s. (laughs) Naturally. The future, and then the seven moons after the fall. So I don't know if that was, I don't know where that actually took, took place. Movie was bizarre. But... I'm in. I, they did it. They made something original, which we all bitch and moan about about having originality. And then we just go see the next Marvel film, right? And once again, Marvel films are great. Not bashing them in any sort of way, but all we want is original films, and we all we do is go see the same sequel that comes out every. <laughs> I mean, already I'm like, all right, Doctor Strange in a couple months. I'm actually really excited. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's that's what, uh, and that's why they're just pouring money into these tent poles because they know people are just like, you know what? I'm just gonna go see a Marvel movie because you know what you're gonna get. Like Marvel, I think they sort of, for the most part, not every time, but for the most part, have mastered the uh, interplay between the superheroes in a way that you know is charming, is fun, is uh, you know takes you into that world and um, in a masterful way i remember seeing the avengers i like joss whedon but i don't care who you put in there it's like i don't know they're gonna really be able to put like iron man and the hawk and thor and all these characters into you know a space together and make me really feel like i know who these characters are or even follow them it's like yeah yeah. am i gonna follow each storyline right and and i remember leaving that movie going wow he did it like that's that was amazing what he did and just to have these guys 
interact with each other was 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 amazing but also the world and everything uh i thought was imagined very well which i don't think is is always the case um when i'm thinking about it i just thought that would it be interesting to have like you talk about fast and the furious of how it's going to get more and more ridiculous of having like a, a cross um like a mashup of fast and the furious and transformers if like all of a sudden i feel like we're almost there yeah those cars are gonna like we need stronger <laughs> cars and then all of a sudden it's like there's a transformer there it's like bumblebee in there yeah, yeah. he they drive off the plane and wah, 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 yeah. and then the robot flies <laughs> down carrying the the rock or the right. rock's carrying bumblebee down this, see I, I mean I'm, I'm excited about this movie like i want to go see i've this painted movie. the perfect word picture yeah exactly <laughs> yeah uh oh my God. i think eventually i mean we get to that point where it's like all right well transformers last of the night or whatever the new one is didn't do well yeah all right we got one more fast in us we could do fast 11 slash you know transformers totally we're very close to that <laughs> point I, I, I would like to see that film though because yeah. i mean i would rather see the transformers used that way hey it's a right. heist film but we got specialized robot cars i would too and, and the thing is about transformers if the last one i can't even remember if it was the last one that i saw but um the last one that i did see but it was so unwatchable. And I was just sitting there just like turning in my chair and twisting in my chair because that was my favorite cartoon growing up. And I mean, I don't really know if you have to do much for me to make me enjoy it because they just have to be what they are. It has to be a fun sort of Fun, that was the thing. It's like the story, robot's like- But it was like, I don't know first i think i've only seen the first one maybe i saw the second one no i, I definitely saw the mark Wahlberg one because it was on tv and it was terrible oh, yeah. um but they believe i believe that you know the cars turned into robots they did a great job technology got us to the point where oh my god the car turned into a robot but that's all they're giving us there's no story and i think what is it um greg berlanti on all those cw shows like the biggest thing is i think it's three h's which i can't think of the third age so I'm just going to say action, but it was a heart humor and action are like basically their motto at the CW. And I watched the CW shows like uh, the arrow and flash. And it's true. There's heart, there's humor and there's action. And I think with transformer, there's no heart humor. It's just action. It's if there was like a pie chart, it would be 90% action and then 10% everything else. There's your heart and humor, you know, because they'll have a couple jokes. Right. And, I think that's it. I think with that, he, no one ruined any sort of childhood. My childhood was fine. But going into a Transformers, I was excited. It's like, oh, technology is caught up with the cartoon. Like, at that point, that was the only way you were going to see a Transformers live action was that cartoon. Because there's just no way in the mid-80s that you can make that move without just cutting away. Oh, my God, the car's going to transform. And he just walks away. It's like, oh, the car transformed. We just didn't see it. Now you can see it, but that's it. That's all he did. It's like, here, here's my $200 million robot turning into robots or turning into cars or something. Yeah. And it it just, what was the first one? Like they came down from space or something or there was a... Uh, The first one, 
Once again, it's like as much as people give him shit, Shia was the only one carrying that goddamn movie. Uh, I'll I'll give anything to Shia LaBeouf. I watched Shia LaBeouf watch Shia LaBeouf watch. films, and I was enthralled. I was. Uh, we both. We both did. We both talked about watching Shia. Like, watching I'm just Shia. fascinated with his mind. But he, I think what it was, Shia believed he was in that movie. Probably still believes there's Transformers because yeah. he's half crazy. But he believed it, so I believed mm-hmm. what he believed, regardless of how bad the film was. Uh, the first one, yeah, they came down. I don't remember the story. Yeah, because they just appeared. Because I know the Mark Wahlberg one, they found them. They had been dormant for some time. Okay. Um, and then there were dinosaur ones, which I have. I, I, I bailed out after about 15 minutes of this movie. <laughs> um, and I think I saw part of the second one, and the second one was literally just the continuation of it. And then the third one, they found a Transformer on the moon. I mean, once again, that was based on the trailer. I didn't see it. Right. It the dark side of the moon that no one's seen is where the Transformers lived. And I was like, sure. Right. Why not? I mean, once again, we can go on Michael Bay and all those terribleness because at one time he was, it was making fun films. He was yeah. the Fast and the Furious before anyone else was. He was making those fun films and then lost it. Like he turned into James Cameron without the storytelling. Yeah. Look what I can do with my technology without the story. I don't care. Look at my tech. It's like, uh, at least James Cameron tries. Yeah. Like he tries to tell the story with his technology, regardless of how well he does it is another thing. But he's trying he's making a visual movie it's like i want to tell this story and i need the visual like i think michael bay could just sit in a green room all right we're gonna do this this and this have tyrese gibson run, run by and then i think tyrese gibson doesn't even know what film he's doing. <laughs> this is a fast film i see a car no no this is the robot one. Oh, oh. all right yeah it's transformers i mean it there's and there's great movies in there. There are great movies in there, but like you said, like the story, like the whole coming from outer space. I'm like, I don't really need that. If you just look at the, you know, the TV show, the cartoon, you know, there were for me as a kid. I mean, they were they were compelling, and I think if you just sort of not necessarily do that, but stay in that same spirit. I think they would have worked better. And there was humor in the first one. There was there was humor. You know, I just left it thinking, you know, I wasn't like discouraged after the first one to be honest. I was like, okay. All right, it's the first one. Maybe the second one they'll really get into it and you know, because I think it is fascinating to see the Transformers, but when there's like no story or the story's weak or the story's thin and it's all about, you know, the technology you know, th- this is the thing about Star Wars, which I, I tell people, nothing comes, no sort of sci-fi thing to me comes close to Star Wars just because of the characters and the world. And you, people just don't understand what all goes into creating the world. It, definitely, they try to create characters in the world um, to be fully realized. You know, and that's why there's a lot of merchandising going on because all these things are fully realized. There's a lot of concept art, a lot of pre-concept art that uh, never sees the light of day, but will because there's such there's a, a lot of lore around Star Wars, and that's where Rogue One comes in. That's where all these the the, the cartoons come in. Um, it's a lot of story out there about it. Um, whereas if you have for me, you know, Star Trek is maybe sort of like it, but it's not. It's not not as exciting to me as, as Star Wars because it's not as the world is not as 
dense. Right. Um, well, cause they base, I mean, the, I mean, Star Trek is based on, we left earth to travel space. So it has that still tied to earth. Right. Like, I mean, so not like it's doesn't make it unreal or anything, but star Wars, like it starts off by just telling you we're in a different galaxy. I mean, you can go through the whole scroll, like probably memorized it, but it's like, yeah. and what they show you, it's like, here's a planet. We go on the planet. Well, that's where we must be. I mean, it, they just sort of without overdoing it. And I think that's what you're like with the set building. Like you're saying, it's like, we're at the, the cantina. We just buy, it, it looks different. Right. And, and granted, it's just plastic bits tied onto other plastic bits, which sold it. But they just told us, you're, you're in a space bar. And they didn't have to overdo it. I didn't need a hologram. I didn't need 27 screens to sell me, oh, we're, we're, in, a, we're in a space bar. They just told us, we're in a space bar. Yeah. Right? I bought it. Like, like with the Transformers, if they told us, hey, the cars have been here. Great. But don't, I don't need the lore half the time. Of, right. Like, oh, let me sit you down and tell you the story of our people. Okay. Great. Yeah. It's like cars have always been here. They've always turned into robots. Great. Because there's a lot that I want to see, and then there's a lot I can just buy. You know? And I think that's why we were talking before the pod about uh, Force Awakens working, is that's kind of what J.J. did. Was Granted, he sort of retold A New Hope. Ugh, Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> um, new and, Hope. I did see an actual. I did see Star Wars with a Q and A of J.J. Abrams. So yes, I'm special. Um, and he definitely said he goes. The reason why it feels familiar was on purpose. I wanted people to feel familiar with the world while telling a new story. So we weren't completely doing something different. And that I think that might have been the fault of maybe the prequels was that we're going to base it on one character. You know, here's Obi Wan. But I'm just going to give you a bunch of new shit that you don't know what you're watching and character names that you're never going to remember. The Force Awakens and these things, it's like they just tell you. It's like, you're in space. Great. I buy it. I can totally buy it. And like you're saying, the design. Like, even you know, as a kid, somewhere in a box somewhere, I have the production art from Jedi because they mm-hmm. sold it in a bookstore. I have all these stills of the production art, the stuff that never made it in because right. it was like building this world regardless if you were going to see it. It was kind of like, Here's what the planet would look like. We may never see it, but this is the idea. And then maybe you see the planet, then you cut in, and it's like, Endor. What they showed, they showed a planet, and then we cut to some, we were in Redwoods, the Redwood Forest in California, and we saw a character dress up as an Ewok. I'm like, all right, I guess I buy it. You need immersion, but you also don't need that much. You just like, right. if they buy it, I buy it. And, and, that's, and that's the thing. You don't need that much. I don't need a backstory. I remember I actually had the script to Transformers before it came out, and I was reading. Just an outline so fight. It was like, <laughs> it was like <clears throat> excuse me, it seemed like it was like 500 pages or something. But it's such a dense script. And I was like, is this Transformers? Really? Does this need to be? But it was, it was this whole backstory about space and the planets and where they came from. And I just remember, I think, watching the movie, seeing that, and going, you know, I don't need any of this. These are cars that transform into, like, robots. And he's trying to make it Shakespeare. Yeah, exactly. Like, let, like me, let me just need- tell you the inversion. It's like, look, I've figured, like, I don't know, like, I never even questioned as a kid. It's like, I wonder why they turned from cars. So what's, yeah, the, yeah. Like, what's the soul never- of it or whatever? Because it's like, so this other planet is just cars that turn into robots or robots that can turn into anything once right. again i don't need to know just we're there yeah they never. just happen or i mean if you want to go they crash landed here 25 years ago okay great i'll buy it i don't need any more i just they're going to turn into robots yes 
great. Just yeah, Sold. just that they crash landed here 25 years ago in the movie. Right. Hey, I'm I'm not gonna buy it. Like, if you give me this whole backstory, I'm not gonna go. Oh, okay. Now I get why they're turning in the. Okay, now it really makes sense. Like this really could happen. I don't care. Right. I already know it can't happen. You know yeah. why? Because I drive a car that doesn't turn into exactly. a robot. Exactly. It's like, come on, I'm in a movie. I'm, 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 just show me the thing, you know? It's like, get to it. But this whole backstory about why, and it's us against them, and it's like, it's really not us against them. It's like the, the Autobots and the Decepticons. Like, there's a war there. Let's get into that. Yeah. And we can have people peppered in there, but like... That war is what I'm interested in. And, you know, I just, I couldn't, <sighs> Michael Bay, I just, I just couldn't decipher between robots in the first one. Like, I didn't know who was fighting who because they sort of looked similar. And the, it didn't do a good a job of really differentiating. Like, in action scenes are really hard to, to shoot just because you need to find, you need to uh, orient yourself or the audience needs to orient themselves to where we are. Who's fighting who? Who's who's winning? You need to track that. You need to figure out um, uh, a lot of things, you know. And the camera's always moving, and and people always moving, and there's a lot of action going on. So it's really, really, really difficult to shoot those scenes. Now, when you have CG robots, I think it's it's definitely a lot more difficult. But you do have control over how they how they look. You know the color, the um, the design, and everything. So that when I'm looking at a very very fast, and those those yeah those fight scenes are very fast, two second cuts. Yeah, and they got you know people transformers just coming at each other really really fast. I like I've got to know instantly. Okay, this person or this character and that character are fighting. Who's winning? I don't know. Like I didn't know. Like I. Transformers one. Yeah, I, like, and I'm like, okay, uh, whatever you tell me, I guess. And that's that was one. the thing too, is that he almost overcomplicated the design. So the car turns into robot, and it looks like a complete robot. You don't even see the tires anymore. You don't see the winch. And right. once again, you couldn't have it as cartoony as the other one, where it literally looked like they just put a truck face <laughs> on a robot. Right. But you just couldn't. Like they turned into robots, you don't even remember who anyone was anymore, and it was like they all had weird voices. And you're like, okay, and then, like you said, the fight scene. So you had 27 robots fighting on top of buildings coming down, yeah. and you're like, I have no idea. Like glasses flying, and I was like, I think the robots are winning. And then I think was it the second or third? There was an old one. I was like, they get old. Why do they get old? Like they had an old man. That is true. Yeah. They were. Oh, oh they went to a museum and one of the uh, planes was a transformer and it was old and they gave it an old man voice. I'm like, why would it have an old, <laughs> but in the cartoon I would yeah. buy it. It's like, all right, it's old robot or whatever. But this was like, why would the robot get old? I mean, so they age. So there's a life cycle. <laughs> like you right. almost open more because then when you start thinking about that, I'm already out of the movie. Like the minute I'm watching, they're going, why is there an old yeah. one? Why does he have an old white beard? They get beards just like us? This is weird. And then all of a sudden, it's like, all right, I'm out. I that guess I'm, I'm completely yeah. out of this film now. But he, I think with him, it just, it overcomplicated it. It was just like made the robots too robotic. Like, I have no idea what's going on. I don't. And then like the portion size was weird. Like that car that's a car size went to four story robot. And it's like, where did all those parts come from? You know, it's like mechanically, where did everything go? That's that's what I'm saying. Like when they when they uh, transform, yeah, all of a sudden it's just like 
over-designed robot where it's just like it's crazy the amount of uh parts new parts it seems that suddenly are on the thing and it's like well no it can't be like that it seems has to be like organic it's never organic to have like this volkswagen bug to be this you know bigger robot than what it actually would be if you were to take the parts and actually make a robot out of it i would like to see something a little closer to what would actually happen if you were to you know make this sort of thing where you have a a car change into a robot then to have it suddenly be you know uh eight stories tall right and have a bunch of other parts on it it's just like is that in the trunk you keep all your spares can i not use the trunk because that's all where the robot parts are like because once again it's so hard to go back to the cartoon and compare it but like bumblebee the bug was probably when it turned a robot it was twice the size which made sense because if you put a bug standing up and gave it legs it would probably be twice the size and those legs would be underneath so yeah they would fold out or would a robot out and it would be twice the size and of course optimus prime was taller he was a semi truck so sure. but now i just feel like they're three stories tall and it's like i i get it it's future space tech still made no sense like i watched that just going oh man i wish i could watch uh jupiter ascending again yeah. <laughs> this movie makes complete sense now wow yeah it's it's, it's it just it went a little too far with it to say well we got to make these robots huge and big and just have them just basically because there's other tent poles out there it's got to be bigger than those right so but you know there's something to like having them be at least half the size that they were still menacing still uh fast or whatever put the voices in there do whatever you want to do but like sort of have a fidelity to the 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 transformers of old you know where it was like okay this this truck the semi can change into you know optimus prime and i kind of see that you know i see where this can actually happen i mean I think that maybe they made these robots so over-designed and they felt that they could because they went into this backstory about how they came from outer space and maybe like they're this alien type robots where they can do these things that, you know, if they were here on Earth, they really couldn't do. But because they're from outer space, it explains why they're so like over-designed and have so many parts. But I kind of don't want that like i wanted something a little closer to what you know it's it could have been an easier story to follow and that was the thing is like i think one of them they're in the broken down yellow car i don't even think they i think they were at the parking lot and they saw a bug and they got into another car i was like all right there's our wink to the bug but then all of a sudden they drove by another car and that car turned the transformer turned into that other car and it was like they can do that like you can just drive by a car and mirror it like it, maybe it was the second no it was the first one because bumblebee was like a ended up being like what a camaro eventually or i think so yeah so it was beaten up they drive by another camaro and it turns into that newer camaro and i was like how if you're gonna over explain stuff explain how that car can just turn into a different car because at right. that point i just figured the soul i guess is in that car or the the spirit of whatever a transformer is that's that's it that was your chosen one you're a camaro yeah you're a 1980 camaro that's all you get you can't just oh i'm gonna update i'm a right. 2009 camaro now it's like how 
And then space. Yeah. <laughs> just, just go back to space. space would, do you think like they're in um, the you know the design phase on Transformers? Michael Bay. They're like, I don't know. This is weird. Space. Yeah. That's the answer to everything. They're like, okay, I guess that makes. Uh, yeah, space. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, I, I, that whole movie. I mean. I just sat rolling my eyes again, not at the first one, just because it was like it's the first stab at it. I was like, live action Transformers, amazing. I was excited. Yeah, but you know, because it was such such an important part of my childhood and and that I loved it so much, the fact that it's just sort of being, it, it seems like my dreams of a like a a really good Transformers movie has been snuffed out. It's like the cartoon that came out, you know, I was excited about that. And it was, it was you know, it was okay, but it yeah. wasn't like great. Well, um, I mean, did they base then the cartoon on the movie? It was more, oh, like the new, was there a new cartoon you mean or the old cartoon? The old cartoon oh, movie. Okay. okay. I didn't know if they made a new one. And I was no, like, no, 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 no. Cause no. then that's what they do is then they just base it on the old and they're like, Oh, now you ruined it twice. Oh, <laughs> No, like back in the day. No, yeah. it was more like the, the TV show. Yeah. But it still was like, it wasn't like, wow, this is amazing. Like, I guess what would be amazing is the live action one, which what they have now. But but I was sort of put off by when they transformed into robots, then they became something other than what I was used to. And maybe it's me being like old and not, right. you know, not one. But to still change, story but. story. Like, I mean, I'll give up for... A sequel or a remake if it works it works that's all it yeah. is it's like look I, we can't own what we owned as a kid and there's only feelings and sometimes it's like yeah maybe that transformers movie would have been good it's like you would have still loved the cartoon more or it, it just would have been like god i wish they could have you had a roadmap i think that's what it is too it's like you have a roadmap you have right. comics you have you have all you had the, the series you had the totally. movie just take the essence of that and make it as opposed to well it can be anything you know, and they just sort of like, well, we'll discount everything and make our version of the Transformers. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't like. The, it just like they didn't really interact the way they act in interact in the uh, the TV show, which I thought was. I thought it was actually really well done and actually really well written. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I actually learned words, big words on that on that TV show, and just sort of the battles and how you know um strategy was put into the forefront in the in those tv shows now it's like you know the humor came in in the first one where you know you have like i don't know if it's shia labeouf inside and then you had the transformers on the outside just that was hi- that was hiding. the best scene yes yeah. kind of that was actually when my wife checked out okay I, and it was, it was my favorite scene of the movie i think she we were living in a bigger house just got up and left she wouldn't even indulge me that's that's why there are segments like hate watching this yeah. is because she will not watch things with me so i have to hate myself and watch them on my own i thought that was the best scene it was him trying to keep it from his parents who were you know solid eyed julie white and kevin dunn maybe i think yeah. were the parents yeah uh, i think so um and they're walking around the house while trying outside the house trying to hide and shia's trying to block the windows and they're trying to get his attention it was like this is a really good scene and that was kind of early on and i was like i think i'm in i even though my wife left yeah i was like i think i'm in and then i think it was the next scene after that i was like all right i'm back out but that was probably the closest to a cartoon moment right and not being cartoony but like oh they did it they found 
the balance of humor and everything. But then it was just sort of, oh, you you ruined it. Right. Not ruined it. It just didn't keep the consistency. It was like that moment worked. And they're like, what else should we do? I don't know. Just keep blowing stuff up. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I, I was sort of, I had two emotions. I was sort of put off by that scene. Um, but then as the scene went on, I was like, oh, wow. Like, it was terrible at first because I'll admit, yeah. I, was, I think I was almost out going, yeah. they wouldn't hear one-ton yeah, robots exactly. walking around outside. <laughs> then it was like I turned that part of my brain off and went, actually, this is kind of funny. Yeah. It kind of works. But it was, it's a it thing fun. of like, it's like yeah. all right, I had space. Because they're ton robots and they make no noise. Yeah. Space. That was my answer. They have space technology that prevents weight from distributing correctly on our gravity. Right. But and, and these are robots that yeah, turn are, into cars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like okay. So, but you're right. It was fun, and so for me, that part of it was like, oh, okay. Like if they did more of this, you know, and had the action scenes and like really found a way to like charm it up and, um make it more fun then i think that we'd have a better a better series and something that i could you know get into but but it just didn't turn into that and it was just like you know it's like blow stuff up the whole shia um megan fox story and which is which was fine but you know I'm really, I'm really in there to see Transformers. I think that that's probably what it boiled down to me is like I was really wanting to see like a true battle between um, the different factions of Transformers, and that sort of didn't happen. I mean, you had your adversaries and you have your like protagonist and and Optimus Prime as the leader, but. I really didn't. There was no stakes. I really didn't feel like, oh wow, if, if these, this robot gets killed, then you know, the fate of the the world is is at stake. Yeah, because it's like, oh, that robot is injured. I don't know which one that is. Yeah. Because especially if it's in a robot state, it's like I I don't remember which one that yeah. is. I I feel bad. I guess. No, no, that's the bad one. Uh, okay, then I don't feel bad. I don't I don't know who you are. Yeah. You know, it's like, right. I unless you're Optimus Prime, I kind of don't remember who any of these characters are because no one was defined and once again that movie's probably 220 they had Mm -hmm. plenty of time to tell a story but totally towards the end it's like but then it was like that thing of all right we got to have the shia love story with megan fox we got to have the glamour shots of megan fox we got to find the car we got to get the military involved now there's got to be some sort of fight now we got to bring the military and then shia is the only one that can save the day and you're like i thought this was about transformers yeah it almost i wonder if that would have been that thing we were talking about with uh star wars like we're on a planet with Ewoks. Great, I buy it. Would it have been better? It's like we're on a planet with Transformers. This war has been like a scroll. Every movie yeah. should just start with a scroll. Catch yeah. up. <laughs> um, all right. And for the last decade, you know, these robots have been on our planet. We've never explained, but there's a fight, and we're helping the, you know, Autobots. Great. Go right into it. I'm there. I, and it's like maybe it starts off calm because there hasn't been a war. It's like the last battle had been ten years ago. Great. Have time. You know, yeah. but you're trying to build some sort of story and then it ends with buildings crumbling and CG robots. I mean, actually, CG building. Basically, the green screen battle at the end. Totally. And don't Shia running by. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I just don't I just don't know. I mean, I don't know the, the development process of this, but it just, I guess what we're saying is like, it, it doesn't have to be that complicated. It's just simplify it, you know? Especially for kids, like... I, 
there's a kid that that's someone's kid's favorite movie. Trans the first Transformers is some 13 year old favorite movie. The way I don't know, like Karate Kid or The Goonies or something is like probably in our top 10 or something. We saw it at the right age yeah. or whatever, or whatever the action film was like whatever 84 85 action film probably an indiana jones or something action film is yeah because there are kids step back for one second i remember working on a show and the pa at the time loved the phantom menace and we were seven years removed that was 99 correct Mm -hmm. the phantom menace um so we were maybe seven eight years removed from that movie and i was like Oh, he's fucking with me. That's hilarious. Because, you know, everyone picks that funny movie. No, no, Phantom Menace, my favorite film. You're like, oh, that's hilarious. Well, I found out his age, being a PA generally or younger, he was nine. Uh, no, because in the nine years, he wasn't 18. So he was 11 or something like that. It kind of worked out. He was 11 or 12 when he saw Phantom Menace with his friend and dad. That's why Phantom Menace, in his head, holds up so much better than it does for anything else. I would like to talk to him now to see what his thought right. process is. But I had to... I no longer talked to him because the minute he said Phantom Menace, I fired him. Yeah. Um, it's like, you can't, you can't work here anymore. Yeah, Sorry. Fine. We're done. It's like, you have standards. I have to work <laughs> with people that are quality. So I get Transformers as some kids movie and they're going to, and in 10 years, they're going to start a podcast and talk about how movies are ruined and nothing was as good as Transformers. I doubt it. I can't imagine that happening. <laughs> Never know. And you always try to look at it that way. It's like, how would 13-year-old me like the Transformers? And the only thing, and lucky enough being our age, is that we can go, well, I know how 13-year-old me felt about Transformers, the animated movie. Right. But it's like some, I think some of them feel probably it's disposable. They saw Transformers and went, oh my God, I love this film. But did it stay in their lexicon? Like back to our lexicon thing is like, five years, did they go, oh my God, the next Transformers? Or did they just burn out like everyone else? Hey, there's a fourth one. All right. Right. Uh, sure. Watch it on to I'll torrent it. <laughs> but when you say torrented, I mean, that's the thing. Now there's so much more stimulation for people. Like when we were getting stuff like, you know, Gremlins and Back to the Future and, and stuff like that, when there was a second Back to the Future, it's like, oh my God, this is amazing. You didn't have, you know, your iPod, iPad, uh, Xbox, whatever to take up your time where you're like, eh, I'm good. Yeah. You know, so. There's, there's, 20 other yeah, movies exactly we talk about avatar there's going to be so, so so many more tent poles out there at the same time in a december because like when that movie came out if i looked it up which i have the internet ability to yeah. it was probably mostly award films because december like notorious here in the big hollywood november december is our award films there's like there is a harry potter that comes out generally for like that one for the longest time there was always a harry potter around thanksgiving yeah there's always some sort of marvel film now but even then in 2009 there was always some sort of there was probably a harry potter that came out in 2009 but december's notorious for any film that has daniel day lewis spielberg martin scorsese that film's coming out in december yeah that you know the tragic period love story from a gay soldier is coming out in december yeah um and i'm looking forward to that version again this year absolutely in that december of 2018 we are going to, I think, where there's going to be another Harry Potter floating in the mix because Fantastic Beast 2 or maybe 2 is coming out. I don't know. But we're already yeah. going to have another Star Wars film. We're going to be coming off the tail of whatever the next Marvel film is. He's not going to own December right. like he did. Like, Avatar is not going to be the only film that's coming out. And maybe that has something to do with 
I mean, everything coming out, you, there are no more months anymore. It's sort of like the fall season. Yeah, there's a fall TV season, but TV happens all year round now. Mm-hmm. There isn't a time where you can't watch something new at any given moment. And Deadpool, example, came out in February. Movies don't come out in February. Yes, movies come out every week. Yeah. Action films don't come out in February that people want to see. That's when you release the, you know, Steven Seagal film. Not anymore. But February's like, look, we're just going to put this film. We don't. That's There used to be a thing where studio used to bury films. The only month now when studios bury films are January. January is just a notorious month where they just, like, uh, what is it? Um, the next vampire film. I sent you the trailer. The, um, come on, John. Um, oh, man. Kate Beckinsale. Oh, the Underw- Underworld? Underworld franchise. Yeah trailer came out and was like this movie looks pretty good i i remember watching these it and it's like very good january oh uh. <laughs> but once again that movie will do okay because it has a lineage For to sure. it it's like people it'll make its 20 million dollars back or whatever but january is where you dump you have maybe one award film that was released one day in december so they can make make the award mark and then it'll come out in january so people can see it you january is like the death month still like you and there'll be a couple there'll be a couple things that pop out like oh my god it did two weeks in a row at six million it'll consider it a hit but there are no more dead so like him trying to go back that december i can imagine him maybe thinking maybe i should go to january you know i can own january if i come out although you want that holiday money he has to just he has to just suck it up and december 20th is when Avatar comes out. Do, do you, but do you really think that Cameron is 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 even worried? Oh no no no! About this is I'm I'm talking in the frame. I'm saying it as if I'm James Cameron, but I'm also saying it as if I'm Fox Studios. Right. Going, oh god. And two, it's like Fox and Fox. Basically, they're going to be competing against Star Wars, which is their own. That's true. Fox is basically going to go. We're going to be cashing a lot of checks this year. We haven't cashed checks in a long time. Well, but, but I guess it's Disney now. Oh right, right. Oh right. Yeah. Uh, what am so, I thinking? Yeah. Disney's like, screw you. We yeah. <laughs> have it all. Uh, Fox is just going to hold down their head. Remember when we owned Star yeah, Wars? Exactly. <laughs> that's. I think that's what they tell each other the whole uh, every day. They're like, that Star Wars. You know, on the Fox lot, how the the the, the uh, Star Wars um, stage. There's yeah. There's a on the Fox lot. They have a couple murals up. They have the Die Hard mural, which is awesome. I mean, it's the size of a stage. Yeah. You have a Simpsons one. Uh, they put up Young Frankenstein last time I was on the lot. It's not on the stage. It's on a side of the building. Oh, really? I haven't seen that. Uh, it's, do you know where Modern Family? Yeah. You know the office? The stage. It's, yeah, yeah. It's not the Modern Family all stage, well. but where you enter the production office, it's on that back. Got area. it. It's just all of a sudden they put up a Young Frankenstein mural. And then there's this awesome one from uh, Empire on a stage. It's Luke and Vader fighting from Empire. And it's amazing. But it's also got to be the worst thing ever yeah. like you pull onto that lot and it's like now it's like uh, yeah oh speaking of which we went to the lot to see a screening i have no idea what we saw um <laughs> and then the must have hard, been awesome the hard life of a uh someone in the producer's guild that gets to see free movies that <laughs> he no longer remembers on the fox lot back to avatar and it's 2.7 billion dollars the only thing Ava- avatar on that lot is they have a tree with a plaque I took a photo of the plaque. If this ever, whenever this goes live, I'll try to find that photo and post the plaque photo. Yeah. It basically avatar, and it talks about the tree that they planted. Mm-hmm. It's on the side of a building. You would never. I found it walking to a production meeting. I just saw a plaque. Went, what's that? Avatar. 
Oh. There's literally a oh, tree. Oh, you mean the one on, it's kind of on the ground? Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. The $2.7 billion dollar movie has a plaque yeah. on the ground. I remember that, yeah. There is a uh, Napoleon Dynamite statue on the Fox lot. That movie made $30 million or so, maybe $100, I don't know, because it was indie and everything. There's a plaque that someone just ordered from, you know, Amazon. Uh, just put it in blue font. It says Avatar. <laughs> there, it was a plaque, and I remember like, okay, and it was a. It's tree on the side of a building. It's it not was... even the center of the lot. It is not the focal point of this lot, which no. you think it would be after three billion dollars of money. I mean, it's probably made three billion if you yeah. count DVD sales for sure, Blu-ray. There's a plaque on the side of the building, not even on the side of the building, on the ground, on yeah, the side right. of the building, <laughs> right. next to the tree. That it says, I don't know, this tree was planted by James Cameron or something like that. I actually don't have no idea if he had any say in it, but he has a plaque. The tree has a plaque. Like, I remember uh, going to a production meeting, actually, at the production office and walking across the lot and seeing that. And it was right after they had a ceremony. So okay. they had a ceremony okay. for that plaque. They dedicated it to, I think Cameron was there. But it wasn't that long ago, though, right? I mean, what was was that? it, it might have been... Traffic Light? I mean, we can say that show. That show was canceled. So. Yeah. Traffic tra- <laughs> You know, everyone knows Traffic Light. Um, on Hulu or Netflix, if you want to watch it. Based on the Israeli series Ramzor. Um, Nelson Franklin. Genius. <laughs> genius. Um, nice guy. Yeah, it was, it was sort of dedicated. It was like, oh, it's, you know, it's the plant, uh, the tree being planted... Uh, to signify, you know, the environment and, you know, the movie. And that's the way, that's what Cameron wanted, I think. I don't want to quote me on this. But I remember seeing it going, okay, maybe this is the start of more Avatar things around the lot. Because, like you said, (laughs) this thing made a lot of money. Yeah. No. (laughs) Still, like, the biggest, like, as soon as you drive in from that Pico gate and you go straight up there's Star, Star Wars. Wars Simpsons Simpsons right side by side yeah turn a corner there's the uh, Napoleon statue yeah there's the Die Hard stage and somewhere on the side is, there's this little plaque yeah. this, the <laughs> highest grossing film this studio's ever released ever any studio and then there it is I don't it, that baffles me and once again should the whole lot be dead should it just be called you know the avatar lot no it's not that it's just the fact that we're fascinated like anything that makes that much money do you think that they would consider replacing the uh star wars mural with an avatar do you want to be that guy painting that like he's painting over <laughs> going they're joking with a right? bulletproof vest yeah <laughs> 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 just taking shots at him. It's like, how dare you? Exactly. Like, okay, I can't do it. Like, no one does it. Like, right. I mean, I guess the Die Hard would be the only one that people would be like, yeah, it was a great film. I mean, yeah. you could probably just move it. There's other stages you could put in. You have the, the, the Nagasaki or whatever. You have the building, like the right Fox there. Plaza yeah. is right there. So that's that's like a shrine. To yeah, you walk on the lot. Right oh, my God, there. Nakatomi Towers. You know, yeah. you're like, oh, my God, that's great. Nakatomi, but yeah. The thing is, though, it's like that... It wasn't even by the commissary. This plaque is on the middle of the lot. It's not even anywhere you would even... You accidentally walk by it. Yeah. That's it. It's not even on the main path. It's not by the commissary. The commissary has statues of the Simpsons in it. Not one Navi. Yeah. There isn't a Navi Coke dispenser, which I would drink every day. (laughs) (laughs) Why didn't Cameron... Why isn't isn't the Navi more repped here? It's almost like... They punished him, but were rewarded. It's like 
because it's notorious he is difficult to work with right. um i hear he's a great guy but he wants what he wants which is much better than some people i've heard stories about before i've heard michael bay i've had a f- i'm gonna say friend of a friend that's actually worked on a transformers briefly yeah and people hated michael bay like he would come in and like oh, he's gonna be here today people just hated the fact that he was even going to be near them no one likes michael bay i don't think any i mean it's not even i think no one's ever liked michael bay except for studios when they get their checks right i mean it's almost like they were punishing him it's like you made all this money but you're kind of i mean you went over maybe they're still mad about titanic making going that over even though they made all their money and they're like should we produce more toys no should we put a statue up give him a plaque but I don't know why you would punish someone who's basically made your studio $5 billion yeah. on two films. Well, I think Titanic was, was it Paramount or was it Paramount and Fox together? I think it was Paramount and Fox because I think he's always had some sort of Fox, Fox okay. deal. Yeah. I, I, the, the plaque thing, yeah, I just remember, like, is it walking by it and going, oh, it's on the ground. Like, you would never even. I mean, it would just make sense if it was at a bigger tree. Maybe the center. I mean, although there is no real, there is a center of the lot, but it's awkward. There's no perfect place where a tree could be planted. But I mean, you could maybe by the commissary. There's a lot of trees by the commissary. Yeah. Uh, anyone listening, you can just Google Map, just zoom in on the Paramount lot. It's not even. You could then look. You won't see the plaque because Fox lot. Yeah, the yeah. Fox lot. Um, you can just zoom in and see what the lot looks like. There is a center, but there isn't like the perfect spot right for it. At Disney, is it Disney, uh, um, Florida, they're doing Pandora or Avatar Land. Is it there? Oh, really? Or is it, I, I, I don't I, know. I don't all right, know. I'm going to look right now. Uh, Interwebs, but, yeah. But I, I know there's a Pandora Land, or Pandora, now I'm like my wife, um, Avatar Land. But like the the Star Wars Land that's coming to <sighs> Disneyland in so 2019 or whatever it is. Yeah. My God. Like, I am so excited about that. The Pandora Land? I don't know. I mean, because it... But it just, could be cool. I mean, really, it could be. Because... Done right. I but. mean, I don't know what rides are going to be. I mean, the... Like, if you make it look sort of like that world, that could be really fun. Yeah. Oh, Pandora, the world of Avatar. At Walt Disney Resort. Really? Why is it Disney? Disney's making money off of Avatar. How is that even... <laughs> <laughs> They're going to sell shirts and make money off of shirts that Fox never made shirt money off of. Are they going to buy Avatar? Is Disney going to buy Avatar like they did Star Wars? If they do, that would ask for it cheap because, like we've talked about before, I can't imagine each one. If if each one of those films makes $2 billion, Cameron will just do whatever he wants for the rest of it. He can already do that. Right. But he was like, you know, I'm going to make a part six. Yeah, it's at Disney Animal Kingdom under construction, opening date next year. That's not going to happen. It's Jim Cameron. He's going to sit there and go, you know what? That Pandora rock looks yeah. weird. Uh, 12 acres. Okay. Two attractions. Um, two attractions. Yeah, James Cameron was approached by the Walt Disney uh, Company's chief, Bob Iger, regarding a wow. possibility of Avatar-themed attraction at Disneyland. Because uh, he owns it? Is that why they could only go to him? I think, but still, it's, well, I guess Fox just owns the distribution rights. Really? Wow. Uh, the, like, Wow. You know what? On second thought, James Cameron's kind of my hero again. <laughs> I, I might have to just edit everything out and just we're just going to praise him for the next uh, hour and a half. They probably um, gave him a bunch of money to, to do that then. Uh, it was a long-term licensing agreement with Cameron's Lightstorm Entertainment okay. and Fox Filmed Entertainment. Because I'm sure with some things they have oh. to 
like with image licensing, I'm sure that has to backdoor into, like I'm sure you can say Pandora World of Avatar shirt could be the sale that Disney gets on, but the minute you start maybe showing certain characters, it's got to be Fox then because yeah. of the movie. I mean, you can't strike a deal with Cameron and not have some sort of tie to whatever uh, merchandising uh, happens after the fact. Right. But especially given Star, War- <laughs> given Star Wars and they gave the whole thing to, to Lucas. And I wonder too if that's one of those things with the future movies, do they get more of a piece because they've already built the land? Like when Avatar 2 comes out, do they get, well, you know, we built the land, but still, I mean, for them it's costing them 500 million to build, which seems like a lot, but... Really? But once again, I mean, I guess they'll make their money back, and I guess once again they can sell merch. Five hundred million to build? Yeah, seems cheap. Oddly enough, I don't know why. I mean, it's it's expensive. Five hundred million. If, if I'm thinking of, yeah, you're right. If I'm thinking of like actually building out the twelve world acres the way Cameron would want it, right? Five hundred million. Okay. Right. And of course, there's a flying flyover avatar, which will be well, they're calling it an e-ticket simulator. E-ticket. There's no one even knows what the e-ticket is anymore. That was like a, back in the day at Disneyland, you could go to Disneyland for free, but you had to buy tickets to the rides. And e-ticket was the best ticket to get. That was the best ride. That would be, I don't know if it was open yet, but Space Mountain would be an e-ticket. That would be the greatest thing. The merry-go-round, a-ticket. Oddly enough, it seems like it should go the other way. Yeah. The A-ticket should be Space Mountain. You go down the line, ah, Z. Gonna... I got a so, F ticket. Yeah. So there is going to be an Avatar Flight of Passage, the flying E-ticket simulator attraction where guests will learn to fly with a mountain banshee. Sure. Okay. I'm, why not? And the Navi River Journey, a boat ride attraction showcasing the native fauna and flora of Pandora, which will include an audio animatronics and small drops. What's like rain? Really? It says small drops. I'm not mispronouncing. It's the word small drops. Audio animatronics and small drops. I don't know what that. All right. Well, there's a little annotation to it. Let's see what small drops is. And that took me nowhere. Okay. Okay. There you go. There you go. Does it have any concept art? Yeah. I mean, showing John concept art. (laughs) Oh, it's basically, I don't know what that, what that is. Okay. Uh, you're going to fly over Pandora. So that's probably something else he's producing too. So you'll fly over Pandora. So it's a 3D simulator ride or whatever. But still, I mean, once again, that... But $500 million to build and you kind of have to staff it. If staff. And you're going to, for the license fee, I don't know how much that is. Like you can have Avatar-themed food or whatever the names are or whatever because they have like the Han Solo burger or something at disneyland avatar cups but i mean the cups can just say pandora land of avatar that's probably pure profit for them because you don't probably have to license right there's probably something where it's like if it's park based they get it but then even even if it's a half license maybe it's 90 percent, 10 percent of everyone buying once again i don't know how many people are going but going wow i need a shirt <laughs> but there's no like there's no way disney the master of like uh, merchandising there's no way that they're not saying okay now we're gonna need a piece of merchandising because they're gonna you know they have a whole team of people who deal with this stuff around the world so they're gonna be like okay we realize they have to realize you know that they realize that the merchandising that we were talking about it's just not there for avatar right there's no way they're gonna 
spend all this money. There's no way they're going to like purchase a license, a long-term license from them without thinking, how can we recoup our money? And merchandising. They say, okay, now we're going to get our team on the merchandising, and we're going to have to get a license to where you an agreement to where you can give us a piece of ownership so that we can license uh, right. merchandising. Because, you know, we, we I mean, there's going to be a store with toys and stuff. Yeah. And people are, I mean, maybe they'll buy toys. I don't know. I mean. You know, it's got to filter into the Disney store. It's got to filter into, you know, which will go uh, nationwide, worldwide. So I'm going to go into a Disney store and go, why is there Avatar stuff in here? Yeah. What's going on? But that's that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, they're, they're not thinking, oh, we'll just, we'll just throw up a Pandora land and yeah. we'll just get, buy a license and hopefully yeah. people will come. I'm surprised. And Disney's smart. I mean, they wouldn't have died. Someone figured out the right number. They hit the right number, and that's fine. But, yeah, I don't – I don't know. I just don't – the fact that no toys – like, if it was a toy generator in the beginning, or you can still get stuff, I'd be like, I get it. They they want a piece of that action. But I don't know how many – People are going to go, oh, my God, I got to get to Walt Disney World. Pandora opened. You know how many people are going to go, oh, Disneyland, Star Wars Land open? Yeah, I'm booking a flight. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm already, we're already talking about renewing Disney passes because of Star Wars Land. I don't even know when it's open, but it's like, we're just like, is there a way to buy two year? Because I want to make sure I have passes so I can go every day. I think it's like 2019. Oh, really? Yeah. But somehow I still feel like it will open before Pandora Land, <laughs> just based on all that. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, I, I want to say I thought Star Wars Land was going to open with one of the movies by the next movie, like eight. Oh, really? Like they were going to try to Star Wars Land. Bob Iger, oh god, the richest guy in so, the world. So, I guess they might buy Fox. Yeah, just, I mean they're just like, buying all of their like marquee content. It's amazing. Right. They don't have a projected date. I thought. Oh, I thought I saw one. That was 2019, but I guess... You might be right. I mean, this is Wikipedia, and I can only trust Wikipedia. But last time we went to Disneyland, it is laid out. I mean, it is all dug up. They already have, like, pylons going in, so they're not going slow. They are going to... Yeah. They're going to get this thing... Once again, it's not like these movies... Even if, say, Star Wars 8 tanks, that Star Wars Land's still going to do well, because Star Wars... So, I mean, that's uh, there's no way that's going to go bad. Like, Star Wars deal is not going to lose any money. No, no. I mean, it's like you said, people are probably booking flights, and I'm talking about around the world. Yeah. You know, for Star Wars land, we're lucky enough to already be here. It's like, I can walk on the Millennium Falcon, three grand, done. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm there. It's like, that's all it took. <laughs> uh, all right, should we go into Hate Watch? Yeah, let's do that. All right, this one's going to hit a little close to home. One of our favorite people is in this movie. The movie's called Empire State. came out in 2013. The one with uh, Will Smith? All right, Empire State is a 2013 crime drama based on a true story centered around two childhood friends who rob an armored car depository. An NYPD officer stands in their way. Kind of actually not true because I obviously saw the film. Released straight to DVD. Oh, that's always a good sign. Set in 82. This is based on a true story. So the movie okay. actually starts out. It's true story, 1982, armor truck company gets robbed by two friends. The, uh, the two friends end up going to jail. They get out, but they don't find half the money. So the big mystery. I mean, the, the true story is the fact that 
half that money was never found. But they all think the main character still has the money. Who is the famous person in this movie that went to straight to DVD? One of not Will Smith. It's not Will Smith. I'm thinking Enemy of the State. I'm sorry. Um, I wish it was Enemy of the State. Yeah. That was a good film. <laughs> yeah. Is it, uh, is it The Rock? Dwayne Johnson. Oh, wow. The star of... I'll show you the, the art. Oh, okay. It's uh, Liam Hemsworth, Emma Roberts, and Dwayne Johnson. Wow. That's not what... I, I thought Empire State. I thought uh, Liam Hemsworth. I thought I remember him. But it went straight to DVD. All right. So, I'd see a trailer for that? Um, probably not. I don't even think they went to trailer. So normally we were gonna we were talking about I would tell John like Shark Lake and he would pitch paint me a picture. Empire State's a little different, it's a true story. So next week when I watch yeah. Shark and Saw Women's State Prison, well, <laughs> uh, Okay. So once again, based on a true story, so that it actually started with news footage. So that was kind of interesting. I was like, all right. Everything wrong with this film comes down to casting, except for The Rock. I mean, he should be in everything. Once again, Dwayne Johnson is the most charming man the whole time. Like, he's, this once again, how bad this was, is 90 minutes, if not two minutes shorter. Like, I mean, it was cusp of making a feature-length feature. Although I think 75 minutes is feature length now. Or is it 80 minutes is considered? I I never, ever, ever really got a, a... Solid I was thought it was like 75, 80 was like that weird academy. Like, I think based on like. I think it's like, yeah, 75 to 80 is, is like that could be, be the shortest yeah. for a feature. This is pushing. They push to get. And that 90 minutes includes four minutes at the head and four minutes at the end. So, eight minutes of news footage. <laughs> so, they literally <laughs> went to Getty, ordered some news footage. Rock, the charming. Like, he just oozes charm as we know yeah of course so when he's on the screen for 15 minutes in this movie then once again disappointed he's fantastic but once again he plays a 1982 in 1982 a cop in new york cops did not look like this in 82 he is three times the size of every actor (laughs) around him and he comes in and he's just the he's the rock he doesn't it's not even like hey we're gonna put you in a wig um he doesn't even look 82. They put him in a button-down shirt and jeans <laughs> and was like, it's 1982. And I think they put him in aviator glasses. That was the extent of his wardrobe. <laughs> Everyone else kind of fit time appropriate. Yeah. So we're in, we're in New York. And the whole line of them, an N- NYPD officer that stands in the way, that has nothing to do with it. So basically what it is, Liam Hemsworth, once again, six foot four, Australian actor, playing a real-life person who is probably 5'6 and Italian. <laughs> yeah. So Liam Hemsworth, Australian, trying to do a Brooklyn accent. I'm Emma Roberts, who's on the video, she's in the movie. She's in it four minutes. She, You wow. see her walk into a diner where she works. The, the Rock shows up. Hey, where's so-and-so? Oh, you can check his locker. And at the end, hey, what's going on? That's her dialogue. That, I didn't have to memorize it. That was her dialogue through the whole film. So wow. Emma Roberts, throwaway. It's like, I feel bad. She was, she's Emma Roberts. She's not bad. She's, she's on the cover, too. She's, she's on the cover. And actually, you would think it's a rock movie because he is the cover. Yeah. So what happens is uh, Liam Hemsworth wants to be a cop. You know, it's 82. Times are tough. We're coming off the gas crisis from the 70s. I'm guessing. There's news footage in the beginning. He wants to be a cop. He can't be a cop because he got busted for weed three years ago from his friend. They went to a Black Sabbath concert 
got busted, you can't be a cop. Apparently, standards were pretty high in wow. 82. So he decides to become a security officer. So he goes, to, he goes, works at a armored truck facility. This is where it's weird. It's true story, which also seemed weird, was he goes and picks money up from all the banks and Starbucks, and not really, but those type of places. They go back to the armored truck place and they throw the money into a just a room with a lock on it. And it was like, is that what armored <laughs> trucks do? If that's the case, no wonder why they were robbed. During one of the runs, his partner gets shot. So they demote Chris Hemsworth, or Liam Hemsworth, sorry, not Crimson, not Thor, uh, Thor's lesser brother, to the night shift. The night shift is, he has to literally sit overnight, watch the monitor. There is a room that has a code. The code is one, two, three, four. But once again, this is all true. So it's hard to like right. take it apart when it's based on true facts. So the movie is, it, or the, the money is in a room where it's one, two, three, four, five. Half the cameras don't work. So he starts talking to his friend and he's like, oh, you could just rob this place. These cameras barely even work. His friend is the the person that really, it's like gets, the, the actor playing him is Michael Argan. Oh gosh, no, I really like this kid. I'll just show you the photo. Maybe you can give a whack at his name. Uh, Michael, was it Ingrano or something like that? Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think it's like a hard A, Argenrano. He is solid in this film next to The Rock, but The Rock is just The Rock. He's not trained to be a character. The Rock is just, hey, I'm Dwayne Johnson. I'm surprised he wasn't Officer Johnson. Like, (laughs) even though it's based on a true story, it's, you're Officer Johnson because we like you. This kid, though, this Michael kid, crushes like he's the only reason this movie went from hate watch to eh, i'm slightly irritated watch got he it he brings it like to a level of like oh well, I, I i should watch it for him then it, you that's the only reason i mean the rock is the bonus the rock is that he's the, a the, bonus only because he's not he, he barely in he's barely, he's barely in, it. in it and it's just sort of like oh my god this michael guy knows how to act and then the rock comes in and smiles and you're like all oh. right I, maybe i should go buy this movie <laughs> It's 82. It's, you know, they keep telling you how bad life is in 82. I don't remember 82 very well. (laughs) So his friend's like, I'm going to rob this place. I'm going to rob it. And then he starts telling everyone, like all these people in the neighborhood, that you could just take the money. And they're like, like, no. So everyone's like, wait, we could rob this place? And Liam Hemsworth's like, just guys, shut shut the fuck up. That's what he says about 90% of this film is shut the fuck up. The night they're going to rob it. So Hemsworth is like, fine. We're going to rob this place because my family's destitute. My dad lost his job. The guy, his partner that was shot, the company's not going to pay for it, um, pay for the, you know, any of the things. So it's like, we're going to rob it. The night they were going to rob it, another group of people actually that have no association with him start to rob it and the cops show up. Cops show up because a, a, a wire was tripped. Even though the security's poor, one was still working. Dwayne shows up. There was a wire trip, and you're like, oh, wow, this is really kind of interesting. Dwayne, you know, shoots, so literally shot this guy eight times. I'm like, I don't think this really happened. I think this was Dwayne going, wouldn't it look cool yeah. if I shot him eight times with my six-shooter uh, revolver? That's Dwayne The Rock Johnson. You can do whatever you want. And once again, it looked pretty badass that he shot this guy eight times. He's like, we can't do this. We can't rob this bank. We can't rob it. It's like, people are dying. This is ridiculous. So his friend, Michael loses he goes i have to do this i need to get out of this he just breaks into the place the next night liam hemworth is like you can't do this you just can't do it he puts on his mask knocks out one of the cameras and beats the crap out of liam hemsworth 
<laughs> which once again, this Michael guy is probably five four, and Liam's Hemworth is oh, six yeah, four. Totally. So <laughs> it wasn't a very believable fight. But he, I, mean, I believed it because this Michael kid fucking can act. Robs it. The police once again they make it seem like the Rock was there to stop them. No, the Rock was just a cop. That was it. it. Had nothing to do with trying to stop him from robbing it. It was just sort of he was a cop. He did his thing, and so this kid robs it, starts bragging. Of course, that's what you do when you rob something. Of course. So Hemsworth took his half and hit it. The other kid lost his half to a mobster. More people get shot. Rock shows up, arrests both of them. They go to jail. Kind of credits. It was kind of like this buildup to credits, and then there was the news footage of the police officer, the Rock. Who is probably a fifty-year-old fat dude? Yeah, and I'm like, that that wasn't that wasn't the Rock at all. And it was like you were looking at this, going, "Wait, what is what is this news footage of?" And it has his name. And I'm like, that, that's not this. That's not, not that. You guys weren't even trying to cash correctly. That's just like six foot five, jacked. You yeah, know? and this guy was like a fifty-year-old fat dude who probably just was like probably shot someone once. Yeah, um, while eating a donut, maybe. So it. it it was fascinating because it was like I had no idea. The only reason this movie came up, I was, I was, I mean, my Netflix queue of the stuff that my wife doesn't want to watch. There's a lot of terrible in it, and I was yeah. like, oh god, I got to watch Hate Watch this week. What do I have? And do I go back to an old one that I've already seen? Nick Cage, I've seen them all. Sure, um, got to save that one maybe. Then all of a sudden, I was like, what is this Empire? St- Wait, what is this in my queue? The ro- how have we not talked about? John and I talk about a lot of Johnson's films, and Absolutely. this one. Dwayne Johnson's film goes straight to video. How bad? And then I was like, he's not in it. That was it. He's on the cover. He's in one scene. And they just pasted him on it. No, he's in it. I mean, 15 minutes out of 90 minutes is a good chunk if you pepper him through. He's, you know, a scene in the beginning, a middle thing. Hey, where's so-and-so? He comes in with his big smile. and then He just comes in just every now and then. Shoots a guy eight times, and then he rests the other guy at the end. And you have a Hemsworth who, yeah, it's... It's the lesser of the Hemsworth. It's a, nothing yeah. to take away from Liam, but he, but, but he he's in it for the he's the whole movie. Okay, okay. But I think I'm more curious of they weren't even trying to be historically accurate, which was maybe the downfall of the film. Was one and it was just okay. It was it was shot well. Um, it was everyone in it was okay. Everyone was serviceable. That Michael kid was probably the only one that treated it as if it was a real film. That he probably thought it was going out because. God, The Rock's here. Right. This is my chance. I'm going to shine next to The Rock. You have this film that he's not in. It's like, how do you make a movie and not just have him in it more? And then at this point, if you're already miscasting everyone, let's put The Rock as the main kid. Like, just made him yeah. the lead. Like, literally, it's just like, <laughs> like, I'm already have to buy that Liam Hemsworth is an Italian. Or no, he's Greek. He's Greek. He lives in Brooklyn. <laughs> he's 6'4 and blonde already not buying anything in this film so you have all these parts that on paper where i just almost wonder if it's like i have this great idea for a movie you know that was based on a true story oh it's not like like fast and the furious yeah the gary uh was his name gary gary scott thompson gary scott thompson there was an article about street racers writes a movie nothing really to do with the article other than the idea there are these underground world of people that race cars. Gist of Fast and the Furious was there was an article. He wrote a movie based on this article. This was a legit movie based on a real thing that apparently hit the news in 82. It was a big news cycle. It was the most anyone has ever stolen from, I guess, a bank armory 
in U.S. history at that point. So it was like, I think it was uh, $12 million or something. So that was a lot of money in yeah. 82. You already have a lot of things going for it. Wow, what an interesting story. Guy goes to jail. Guy gets out of jail. Money's never been found. He's never alluded that he has the money, but it kind of seems like he has money. There's so much. The movie should have been right before he gets arrested and you find out what happened. But, I mean, the guy's still alive, so right. you, you can only speculate so much. So it was just made poorly from the top casting down. It should have been they should have hired that Michael kid and then based everyone around him. That's what it sounds like should have done. Because, once again, The Rock charming as hell. That dude. No, yeah. I mean, we already know. He is. You want to see him in every film. And we've put him in every film we've ever mock cast. He just comes off as the most personal, like the most likable guy. And he's likable in this film. And it works for the part. But at no point did I ever think this was a true story. He couldn't get in the academy. He worked at an armed robbery. He has a douchey friend. Douchey friend robs him. Even though Hemsworth had nothing really to do with the robbery other than not turning his friend in. Because his friend beat him up. Yeah. He just took the money. He was the guy that was there. So his friend takes the money while he was there. That's his only real connection is that he didn't proactively stop it. So it told a cohesive storytelling. That's the thing. It was like, it was weird that Adam Mazar was the writer. Director was first time director. Dito something Greek. It was terrible, but that's what it was. Okay. <laughs> um, it was so it's like you had an okay script, which once again, I'm sure if you read the Fast and the Furious script, you wouldn't be like, oh, this is exciting. But once again, cast well. Like then yeah. you had Paul Walker, Paul Walker, Michelle Rodriguez, and other chick, Jordana Brewster. Jordana Brewster. Wow, yeah. you had the right parts for that movie because I imagine I would love to read the Fast and the Furious script and go, "Ooh, really?" Because yeah. I'm sure it's like we're racing cars. I'm undercover cop. Oh my god! Like everything about that movie should not be good. Yeah, like it's so 80s, like almost, but. This told a cohesive story. On paper, I bet this read really well. It's just, and are you getting Liam Hemsworth? It's like, well, we couldn't get Chris. Like, why would you even, like, is he a git? Like, he's okay, but he wasn't a producer. I watched the credits. It wasn't like, oh, this was yeah. Hemsworth's passion project, and for some reason he <laughs> really wanted to be, get this movie made. Um, but it went straight to DVD, though, right? Straight so, to DVD. I wonder why. How does it go straight to DVD? Do you think it was uh, good enough for a theatrical release? And there's some shit out there that goes to... It was completely serviceable as a feature. But it would have been a good January, really. (laughs) The dead zone of January would have been a good January. Not bad by any means. It wasn't... It's not the baffling thing that I always love about like movies like Shark Lake, where it's like, I am baffled by this film. This was more of... This was almost like a hate watch in the straight to video interesting yeah like because it wasn't bad it was just and once again 2013 i would understand if this was made in 2009 shelved reshelved and then it came out and you're like i get it the rock was did it he wasn't as good but now we're capitalizing on his name no he was big this was he made this film while still being dwayne johnson this wasn't his first film where they went hey guess what everyone and they slapped some old photo on it and it's I just I I don't know. It was straight to video. How does a rock movie like like now like recent rock movies? So yeah. what, 2014? 13. 13. Yeah, recent rock movie going straight to video. Straight to video. So this this was a sub genre. There's always going to be like a 
subgenre of my hate watches. This is the straight to video version. There's okay. going to be hate watch retro, where maybe I, I go back to a movie I haven't seen. You know, that sort of slipped under the radar when I should have been watching it. Straight to video, it's not uncommon. It happens all the time. We know this. It's the right. business. There's movies that just get shelved for reasons financial or, you know, the director or the actor. Just something didn't work that worked on paper. This on paper, I bet, worked great. Yeah. But I don't even, like, how does The Rock agree to do this? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's something. You know, there's a story there. <laughs> right. But you're right, he is charming. I actually, it was a hate watch that I had years ago, uh, The Rock and uh, The Tooth Fairy. Oh. See, that makes sense. He's still the wrestler at that point. Yeah. He makes The Tooth Fairy. He's still the wrestler at right. that point. Oh, the wrestler's making movies now. I'm like, oh, The Tooth Fairy and charming enough to make that movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, this guy's like, he was trying hard. I mean, he was just like in it. He was there he was totally invested you know and so and he's being the rock and he's like he's being his charming self and you know to see someone committed you go okay good you know instead of like oh, i can't believe i'm in this what the hell is this i can't you know my agent i'm gonna fire my agent it's like no this is this is something that i'm like like into you like know? i'm gonna show the other side of my chops or whatever yeah. you know and just sort of like look I can make fun of myself I was trying to find out where that fit in his line of movies uh, the uh, the Tooth Fairy oh 2010 so but once again wait so that was really Tooth Fairy was 2010 wow I don't know why I thought but it was once again, way earlier prior to that though so Mummy Returns kind of it I mean there was a couple two things before that but the Mummy Returns is his first he's still the rock yeah um, Scorpion King terrible no one saw it you feel bad for him the rundown legit film walking tall i think yes. they're both almost the same film um walking tall is good go down get smart i think he was just bit part and get smart i don't even it, he was like it was yeah, steve carell's movie that i think the rock was just in yeah uh race to witch mountain tooth fairy whoa 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 the rock is in a tyler perry film yes he was in was that why, why did, did i get, get married, married to, to? But I think it was, he was in the trailer, I think. Okay. And I think, if as I remember, I didn't see the movie, but I think he was in it like the last couple minutes or something. Okay. Because I was going to say, how is that, how we not ran four hours talking about this right. mashup of uh, Tyler <laughs> like Perry and, and The Rock? Um, okay, so Empire State, once again, I don't have the film. Say maybe it was filmed in 2012, but this is what it falls in between. You have G.I. Joe Retaliation, Pain and Gain, Fast Six. Empire State, Hercules, Fast Seven. He, it's in the range. Yeah, it's just not an action film for him. This was like he shot someone nine times, but that's it. That's the most action he had in this film. And other than that, it was, where's Chris? He's over there. All right, that's it. I mean, he didn't do anything oh. much than that. But he's charming enough to pull that off. Like he wasn't a good actor in it. He was fine in it. He just didn't have. He probably liked it. Look, I don't have to work out for this film. I mean, he's still huge but he yeah. didn't have to go into it prepped right and he also didn't have to get a wardrobe literally they gave him here's a button down shirt a badge and jeans look guys i'm kind of filming fast six and uh hercules can i come uh come in in between on weekends or something sure you're gonna next three saturdays just come in with whatever you're wearing yeah black shirt jeans it's 82 should i put some aviators on yeah put some aviators. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't really try very he didn't 
they didn't try to make him look the eight. Right. I would have loved to seen him in a wig, though. That would have been, that been amazing. gold. He would totally, you know, he would totally do it. I mean, right? You know, from that Central Intelligence movie, him. I still need to baby see that. Um, but um, yeah, he definitely would. He's game to do anything, and know? I think that is great. Like, and he's like San Andreas. I want to see him fight an earthquake. I didn't see it. I'm guessing he fought the earthquake in one. He would have to. And right? he punched the earthquake and it stopped. I'm looking um, forward to San Andreas 2. Is there going to be a 2, you think? There is a 2. It's already in the, it's not in his um it's not listed on his filmography. But it's in the works. It's in the works. I've already And I was like okay, sure. I I mean, literally you just have to just like nod your head and go, "I completely agree." <laughs> um oh, he's doing Jumanji right now. Oh, what's What do I know about Jumanji? What's it's, What else is in that? Uh, Jack Black, Kevin Hart. Of course. I think it was Kevin Hart saying he was doing Jumanji. That's that's where I... And I don't know The Rock's... Th- uh, I don't know his uh, role. I mean, they haven't really talked much about it. So I know it's everyone else's film, and I know they got him. So I'm sure he plays someone maybe in a Jumanji world. Or yeah. something. He plays Dr. Bravestone. Okay. I do not want to see a Dr. <laughs> Bravestone movie with uh, with him. All right, well, that was Hate Why It was... Angry Watch. Angry Watch. The okay. misuse of The Rock, which will always put me in a bad mood. Yeah. Um, a little angry because they had a good story. Bad casting. Not faulting the casting people. They had to, like casting went, how about Hemsworth? Great. Like they did it as a joke. Sure. What are you looking for? Hemsworth? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's doing Thor. Get me the other one. Yeah. <laughs> I will take the other Hemsworth right now. <sighs> I don't know. I think it was Michael Sarah's not available. Okay, Hemsworth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like we want someone awkward. Awesome, we got it. Hemsworth, great. I would have seen. Oh, Michael Sarah would have been fantastic. If it was Michael Sarah, this Michael Argento or yeah. Ar- Ar- Argano or whatever. Sorry, I'll have to look up how to say it. And The Rock, that would have been the best film ever. Yeah, and, and no, no accuracy whatsoever because Michael Sarah is the farthest from being Greek as possible. That um, would have been awesome. I'll see Michael Sarah in anything. Yeah. He's fantastic awesome Uh, there's got to be a rock sarah movie coming up i mean if you can get rock and heart why not the rock and michael sarah and a buddy cop film be awesome Uh, no uh it would have to be like sarah is like a a witness or something because there's no way anyone's going to believe michael sarah is a (laughs) cop i don't care i unless he just you know chris pratt works it up or something where it's like I worked out for three. It's still going to yeah. be Michael Sarah with muscles, which I right. think would be even creepier. Um, that would be amazing. Just here's to, we're making a movie that that we might want to go see. Yeah, I, I think I would see Dwayne Johnson, Michael Sarah. I guess you put Kevin Hart as the captain. You have to put Kevin yeah, Hart. He in sends there. him out. You got to protect him. <laughs> Kevin Hart is the captain. Michael Sarah is the cop. Who else is? Uh, oh, oh, Kevin Hart's the captain. Michael Sarah's the detective that has to protect The Rock. And The Rock just carries Michael Sarah half the time. I love it. And then Josh <laughs> put Josh Gad in there as uh, the uh, wacky lab guy. <laughs> wacky lab guy, yes. And his his assistant, um uh God, what's the guy's name? I keep blanking out on this guy. Uh he was super bad. Oh, um, I don't want to say Seth all the time, but it's not, it's not his name. Uh, um, God, what do I always... Wow, I can't even think of his name. I know I can picture him. Uh, I 
it's not the other kid. God, why? Uh, Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. That's it. Uh, Jonah Hill. I didn't even have to, I I didn't have to look J, it up. I but I'm like, uh, Jonah Hill. God. Sorry, Jonah. Um, I, was, I was thinking of that Christopher Mintz Plaus, the other guy from Superbad. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, not not him. Although. Yeah, Alan. Wait a minute. Although. <laughs> I think I've changed my casting yeah. right now. <laughs> okay, Jonah Hill, you're out. Yeah. Sorry. Um, yes. That might be a better. Christopher Because uh, we already got a... Uh, 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 Josh Gad, we can't have a uh, similar. Well, yeah, I mean, one. as we've grown up, you can't have more than one heavy guy exactly. in a film. It's just, not... uh, unless it's the Fat Boys movie, The, the Disorderlies, is, is the only way you That's can do it. multiple fat people in a movie. <laughs> that was the last movie that uh, yeah, that was allowed in. Um, I mean, this is like <laughs> wackiest. Oh, I want to see all these films yeah, right now. Definitely. Um, well, I mean, since we're talking about The Rock, I wanted to go right into um, Southland Tales yes. to break it down. But, I mean, at this point, oh. we're two hours, 15 minutes in. I'm so some South. Oh, oh, wait, already? Yeah. Oh, okay, we have to reserve and that I'm, for next week. I mean, that's, I'm going to have to get this down to two hours. So Southland Tales is going to have to wait till next week. Okay. Really yeah, the deserves, whole pod like, develop. Maybe the Christmas episode will be Southland Tales. You know what? Next week, we'll just knock out Southland Tales. Right, we'll, we'll revisit it. At there it is. Time. There it is. All right. Thank you for listening to Post Apocalyptic. This is Robert. This is John. See you next week. Bye.